Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This week's episode of Do Go On is brought to you by Perth. Well, the fact that we're coming to Perth this Sunday, we November the 3rd. sponsored by the city of Perth. Thanks, Perth. Every single person in Perth has given us a cent each and uh, that's really done wonders for us. Thank you. No, a few people, a lot of people have bought tickets to our show this Sunday, but we have some seats left and the flights are very expensive. <laughs> so come on over. Why didn't anyone warn us about that? <laughs> it's the same country. Oh, my God. <laughs> it would have been cheaper to go to Costa Rica and do this goddamn Guys, show. what are you talking about? We got awesome flights at 6 a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, which means we'll have to be up at 3.30 in the morning. Or something. Anyway, we're going to be there Sunday, November the 3rd. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be tired but having a great time doing a podcast, followed by a live quiz type thing, which would be a lot of fun. Uh, one ticket gets you entered into both. So uh, come along at dogoonpod.com for tickets. And whilst you're there, if you're from the UK, check out uh, that same website for tickets to our Dublin show, which is nearly sold out. Uh, sorry, that's Ireland, I should say. Then we're over to the UK. We're hitting up Glasgow, uh, Leeds, Bristol. Sadly, that is sold out. Birmingham and two shows in London. A second show in London is nearly also sold out. So if you're interested in any of that, just check out dogoonpod.com. And Matt has just announced he's doing a stand-up show in London. Oh, yeah. I entirely forgot about that. But I am. I'm, I don't know what... I think it's on the 7th of December and it's at the Bill Murray. And you can get tickets via Matt, I assume, mattstewartcomedy.com slash gigs. I'm busy that night. Or it's probably the... Uh, it, it would be... I would have tweeted about it. It's the pin tweet at Matt Stewart, Matt Stewart underscore art. 
That's a sick plug. Nice and succinct. If the advertising industry wants to hire me, do so. Now on with the show. <laughs> do so on. <laughs> this podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Face what is it? Oh dear. That is it. Keep going. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Wanaki <laughs> and I'm sitting here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins' face. What did I do? I was just smiling. At Matt and I just went, that's not That's not going to break me. That's not going to It's broken me. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just a smile. That's because uh, never in our four years have I ever smiled at Matt before. <laughs> Who would? <laughs> How could you? Yeah, I, I wasn't even looking at it. I wouldn't I was, know what to do. I was laughing because I was enjoying that because we always take too long to get onto the report. We sort of sit here and we chat for a while and sometimes it's it's me who goes, all right, come on, and sometimes it's Matt and today he <laughs> went, come on, Dave, start the show, <laughs> and I just enjoyed that. I enjoyed that moment of Matt being like, fuck, we don't have a lot of time. You know what it is? It's Blockoween week. Ooh. Which is spooky. And traditionally the last week of block. Um, it all builds up to this. I'm dressing up as a block for Blockoween. Yeah, which is the only option. <laughs> <laughs> Get to a party, you're like, oh, come on, guys, I shotgunned this. Everyone's dressed as a block. Uh, for people that don't know what Blocktober is, Matt, what the hell are we talking about? Uh, block Blocktober uh, month is the most beautiful time of the year. Mm. Every Blocktober, we do the biggest blockbusteriest topics, the most requested, uh, the most voted for topics, and it all comes down to this. This is the most requested slash most voted for topic of the year. Of the year. My goodness. That's crazy. Because uh, so far, this is the we were, we were blessed with five Wednesdays yes. this October coming out every Wednesday. It was five Wednesdays to you. Yeah. And um, so, what have we got? We've had Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. We've done the Golden State Killer. Yes. Alice yeah. said Trombley Virtual blessed us with a history of the penis, keen for pain. Yeah. Yep. Last week, the fourth member of the show, Nick Mason, graced us with his presence and did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But what could be? The most requested topic of the year. Well, to get onto that topic, I'm going to ask a question. The other um, topics that we've done as a bonus episode was a history or some sort of bio of each of the three of us. That's right. And uh, one of the other most ever requested topics is the next bonus episode, which will be coming out. Maybe it already is out. Probably will be already out. Well. Ideally. Do you want to say what it is? Will it be out? Yeah, it should yeah, be. Yeah, it will be out. Yeah, it'll be out. What is it, Bob? It is a uh, a, a biography of the fourth Beatle himself. Ringo. <laughs> Nick Mason. <laughs> oh, How what? dare you? Ringo? Surely it's... John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John was the... Famously the least talented Beatle. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, that was so much fun hearing you tell us all about Nick Maso Mason. Yeah, if you want to hear the it. The number one party boy. That's right. And uh, if you want to hear those, that's right. We should go to uh, our Patreon page. That's mm. where we upload two bonus episodes every single month. And that is patreon.com slash pod. And lots of old bonus episodes for you to catch up there. Yes, that's right. Anyway, to get us onto the topic... Today, the, the most voted for topic of the year, 
the question is occurring in Hollywood, California. Dave, where you've just been. This weekend I was there. Oh, my God. Hang on. <laughs> what? It's about my weekend. The most requested topic. What Dave did on the what? weekend. <laughs> What kind of uh, Mexican food item upset Dave's little tummy? <laughs> no, the question if you is... answered all of them, you'd be correct. <laughs> but I love it so much. My goodness, I love it. The question is, what is one of the most infamous unsolved murder mysteries occurring in Hollywood, California? California. Yeah. Now, when I was there, I went to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, went outside the famous uh, Gorman's Chinese Theatre. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I saw the, well, that's where people put their mm-hmm. handprints, their feet prints, if you will. And one of them was Natalie Wood, who oh. we talked about, who uh, and, yeah, another, was mysteriously um, died, possibly murdered. That's when you say Hollywood murder, that's where I go to. But Jess has already talked about that. Uh, so I don't know. Been there, done that, Dave. Tick, tick. Also, yes. I've also seen the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Really? Okay. You're not that fancy, fancy man. Okay. The name includes a color. Oh. Blue. Incorrect. Okay. Darker. Brown. Darker still. Dark charcoal. The darker. Go dark. Go black. Yes. Murder mystery in Hollywood. Black Dahlia. Yes, it is. Ah. The Black Dahlia murder mystery. I did not know that was a Hollywood thing. Yes, it it was very much so. Uh, And and it is frequently requested. It's in the hat a lot. It is. So this checks out. Okay, it was suggested by Johnny Dawson, Christina Bailey. Uh, she's put in brackets, Christina with a K. I've just, <laughs> <laughs> I've just read the Christina with. A, anyway, <laughs> hold on, did she spell Christina with a C H and then in brackets write with a K? <laughs> no, it was both with a K. But I, I love, I love that attention to detail. <laughs> Tom Ford, Antonia Daly, Justin Graham. Rafe Peterson. Oh, he's got a pronunciation in there as well. Pronounced like Rafe. What did I say? Rafe. <laughs> Rafe with a K. Crave. <laughs> Thanks for your suggestion, Crave. Jeremiah M. Bang. Cam- <laughs> You're just making these up now. No, M- these are all real. Camille Borofsky. With a K. <laughs> with a K. That is with a K. We know Camille. Know. Camille, he bought me a Gary T-shirt. Alexander McElroy. Will Cardulo, Devin Bruns, Fernando. Uh, well, one name was Fernando, like Prince. Just the one name. Thank you, Fernando. Uh, McKenna Middlebrook and Fevia Smith. And that's with a PH. Fevia. Fevia. Fantastic. Wow. What wow. a banging collection of names. Thank you so much to those uh, people suggesting a topic. Yes. Thank you so much to all of you. Now, uh, here starts my report. Obviously, <laughs> here starts my report. <laughs> here lies my report. Can I just say before we crack into this episode, Block has already changed my life, possibly not for the better. The last serial killer or murder that we did, which was the Golden State Killer, mm. where we talked about a man who would break into people's homes and then uh, kill them. I literally went home and checked the w- that my windows were locked that night before I went to bed because he, that was this thing that would break in. Someone's been in your house several times before. Yeah, I'd never considered how easy it is for someone to do that. And and you live in the Rialto, so <laughs> <laughs> this is a famously tall building in Melbourne. 
<laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, so uh, I'm here's a joke people of Melbourne will understand. <laughs> I'm just looking forward for this harrowing tale, no doubt, to cha- again change my life for the worse. Because he was a bit of a, he was a prowler as well, so he used to just sort of like hang out in people's gardens and look in their windows. And I to get to my car from my apartment, I have to walk in this fairly narrow path between fence and building. That's just like. Uh, pebbles and bins. It's not particularly interesting, but I'm walking along there like if someone was to chase me, I've got no way to nowhere to escape. I just have to right. keep running. So yeah, that's been fun. Yeah, yeah. So this show does change. I our spooked lives. myself, so that's good. Well, <laughs> um, here we go again. I, I don't know what to tell you. Yay! <laughs> this is this is another grim tale. Uh, yeah, but just make it light and fun. That's going to have to fall to you. Okay. (laughs) Dave, just make it light and fun. Okay. Okay. (laughs) On January the 15th, 1947 in Los Angeles, Mother Betty Bersinger was on her way to the shops with her three-year-old daughter Anne in a pram. Anne in the pram. See, I'm already keeping it light. Keep it light. It's fun. It's healthy. Anne, where's Anne? She's in the pram. (laughs) You know? There's, um, (laughs) oh, hello, Anne. Just a bit of an act out there for fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm the neighbour walking past them and I see Betty. Betty? Yeah. I go, oh, hello, Betty. And who's in the pram down here? And I lift up the little lid, I assume they're called, of prams to check. They're in Tupperware. Yeah. Tupperware on wheels. I say, oh, hello, Anne. You're in the pram. You know pram is short for perambulator? Oh, that's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) What a dumb word. I couldn't believe it. What does it mean? I don't know. Perambulator. It just sounds like a a mad scientist came up with it. (laughs) Get in the perambulator. (laughs) And? We got to get it up to 79 gigawatts. Okay. Yeah, something crazy you made up. So th- there's heaps of info on this, but it's uh, on this case, but it you know it, it's so inconsistent. Mm. Um, so many different sources. So much of it is uh, in, uh, debunked, and then but it's hard to know which stuff is and mm. what isn't. Anyhow, uh, I found this cool article from a, a student at the University of North Carolina named Morgan Korsik. And he just got this great uh, website resource, which I'll link to in the description. The Wikipedia is actually fantastic on this as well. But there, I've, I think I've got like you know a dozen or so resources if people want to read further. And there's so many videos and documentaries, a lot of wow. homemade ones, a lot of like television ones that are like you know silly almost in in how dramatic they do it you know like those old school 90s <laughs> yeah. camera angles and stuff but um betty was walking she wasn't expecting what she saw next <laughs> black and <laughs> white <laughs> to color yeah. to black and yeah. white yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, a student uh, so uh, yeah i've just said that so <laughs> just started that paragraph again like it was a whole new thing so yeah um uh morgan Korsik wrote wrote the next paragraph which describes what happened uh next while betty walked along the sidewalk walk she no, he, wrote, he has an interesting writing yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know what the uh backspace does so he just includes all his mistakes Always moving forwards yeah. while betty walked along the sidewalk she noticed something white among the weeds she did not think much of it at first as many people would throw trash into the vacant lots as she glanced at the subject she initially thought someone had thrown away a store mannequin that had been separated into halves. Oh. Betty continued to walk forward, yet something drew her attention back. Upon closer inspection, 
she realized that it wasn't a mannequin at all. It was a woman who had been severed in half. Oh, dear. Betty gave a panic scream and led her daughter away from the gruesome sight. So this is it's a, it's a, a fucked fuck story. Okay. Uh, Bursinger quickly telephoned the police at a nearby house, thus kicking off one of the most infamous murder mystery cases of all time. <gasps> when Bursinger found the body, it was in a grisly state. Obviously, it was naked, was cut clean in half at the waist, missing the intestines, and with cuts either side of her mouth, sort of known as the... Uh, they call it, is it the Glasgow smile or the, what is that? It's got oh, a name. Yeah. yeah with it, um, it almost looks like the, you know, that Joker style. Mm. Yeah. Fucked. Strangely, there was no blood at the scene, pointing to the fact the murder probably occurred elsewhere. Um, police have talked about it since that um, they think it happened at a property or a, a building uh, not too far away and then her body was left there. Um, so, and, and before that, the body was drained of blood, cleaned. Uh, with alcohol or gasoline and placed where Bursinger found it. It was placed in a almost like very purposefully. Yeah, right. Almost like in a, um, some people say it was like inspired by an artwork, possibly. Ah. Um, but they cleaned it up, cleaned it for, to remove evidence? I, I think that would be the, the main thing, yeah. Hmm. Um, after members of the LAPD took prints from the body, they sent them through to the FBI, who who had a match in their database. They there's like there's a whole article I found which talks about how they use new technology to make this happen really quickly. But I, I figure that's not probably not the most interesting part of the story. Um, so the FBI had a match, and they identified the body as 22 year old aspiring actress Elizabeth Short. Her prints had been entered into the system twice prior to this, once when she applied to work on a U.S. Army base and a second time when she was arrested on September the 23rd, 1943 for underage drinking in Santa Barbara. The police struggled to find any initial leads and on January 21st, they released their special daily bulletin with the headline, Wanted, Information on Elizabeth Short, between dates January 9 and 15, 1947. The article reads, Description, Female, American, 22 years, 5 foot 6 inches, 118 pounds, black hair, green eyes, very attractive, bad lower teeth, fingernails chewed to to quick. This subject being found brutally murdered, body severed and mutilated, January 15, 1947 at 39th and Norton. Isn't it? It's like you wouldn't see the very attractive part. No, no, and I don't think you'd see. Oh, would you see... Found brutally severed or you wouldn't say severed or... Yeah, I don't... don't. There was an interesting thing back then, apparently, I read in a couple of places that um, when gruesome finds like that happened, and apparently it wasn't that irregular, there was, Mm. you know, murders, you know, they've always happened, but despite what you hear in the media today where they say now violence is now happening, Mm. well, they make it sound like this generation is the first one to All of a sudden, Yeah, yeah. But... Um, they used to Photoshop on a, like a blanket over the top of the body to hide something like the, the wounds and stuff. Isn't that strange? Hmm. Old newspaper articles. Like, there's a kind of famous photo of, of Elizabeth Short's body with uh, covered in a, in a blanket, but apparently that was put on, you know, using, not Photoshopping. I don't think they had that back then. But Probably not. Some primitive version. So what's the point of showing it if you're just going to show a blanket? <laughs> I, I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know. So they can... Show something. Just put in a picture of a blanket then. Um, if you were reading that about you, you'd be pretty stoked with very attractive. And then two 
Top point slider. They're ripping on your teeth. Yeah, yeah. real. Bad lower teeth. Oh, come on. Yeah, that's right. It's, um, it is all very strange. It's also strange that you think of her body was found in such a way that they're still saying very attractive. Yeah. Just different time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. I don't know. Arrest whoever wrote that because they're into some weird stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, check out this hottie. Yeah. Um, Greg. Greg. Greg, come on. Come on, mate. She's got bad teeth. Come on. <laughs> mate, she's got no intestines, yeah. okay? Do, do you know what Dahlia means? I, I'd never heard the word Is it a flower? Before. It is. A, yeah, it's a flower. Um, I was going to say that, but I was taking a drink of water, but I was also going to say Dahlia. It was a flower. Did you know in... Um, <laughs> I was. Shut up. Oh, sure. I was just at the ABC where you work, Jess. Yes. And uh, a security man. Yes. He... He asked me what he listens to do go on, and he asked me what topic I was doing tonight. I yeah. mentioned it to him, and he goes, "Oh, that that's mentioned in the recent Spider Man movie. The uh, huh. two of the characters are kind of obsessed, including Spider Man and his girlfriend. I think are kind of obsessed with it. And he gives her a present, which is a black dahlia brooch. Oh, yeah, which I didn't understand what that was all about really until the last few weeks when I've been researching this. Imagine bonding over a murder. Yeah." And like a yeah, any kind of to murder, the point but... where you buy gifts that are linked to a murder. Yeah, that's weird. Well, just saying. Yeah, no judgments. <laughs> <laughs> no judgments, you freaks. Hey, Spider Man could save us any day, and you're you know you seem ungrateful. And I'll have a word. Okay, I'll have a word when, when he drops in. When Peter Parker drops in. I'll say, hey, thank you very much for saving me. Appreciate it. Also, uh, can I have a go at the thing? Does that work? Can you show me? Uh, The thwip, you mean. The thwip. The thwip machine. And thirdly, let's have a chat because, like, there's sports. There's Netflix. There's so many other things you can do with your time. Not brooches. Yeah, what the fuck? Who the fuck wears brooch? Oh, actually, we're really into enamel pins these days, people. Essentially the same thing. Yeah. Right, how how would you uh, how would you uh, how would you get onto the subject? What? Another way of saying that would be brooch. All right, um, <laughs> that's uh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> the, sw- the, sw- the, the switcheroo there was meant to be that it was so obvious. I was about to say brooch and then I didn't, but it wasn't obvious it enough wasn't. that the joke. You had to explain it worked. to me. So that could be me. And Dave and the listeners out there, <laughs> if that doesn't get edited out. <laughs> uh, but we are recording this pretty close to when it has to go out. So It won't get edited out. <laughs> uh, it's disputed where the Black Dahlia nickname comes from, but according to the LA Times, it originated in the summer of 1946 at Lander's Drugstore at First Street and Linden Avenue in Long Beach as a joke among customers referring to the then-current movie The Blue Dahlia because of Elizabeth Short's sheer black clothing and jet black hair. So the joke was she's like the movie Blue Dahlia, only she's she's black hair and black clothes. She was apparently a customer at this chemist. Imagine being the kind of person that's so like... People, she was obviously the kind of person that got people's attention. She was yeah. like a semi-regular customer at a chemist. She was very other attractive. customers... That's true. She was very attractive. Police have said so. That will get people's attention. Yeah, but have you ever been a customer at a shop? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, so that was her nickname before she died, you're saying? Apparently, yeah. Right, understood. Gotcha. I thought that it was it, like after she died, they're like, oh, you mean the Black Dahlia? That's Where's that? According right. to the LA Times, other people say that um, a journalist came up with it, but it seems like to me from 
Hmm. I believe it to be that journalists found out that story and then started calling her that. Um, but there are other, initially there are other, I can't remember if I wrote this down, but there are other names. I think it, it was known as the were, the werewolf murders for a while or something like that. So, um, but it ended, you know, obviously now it's famously known as the mm, Black Certainly Dollar an murder. intriguing name. Mm. Uh, the, the Times goes on to say that Los Angeles newspapers of the 1940s, especially the Afternoon Herald Express, frequently nicknamed the more gruesome murders of women, often after flowers. For example, there was the red hibiscus murder and the white gardenia murder. Because women are flowers, all of them. Delicate, mm. beautiful flowers. Uh, and and colours exist. So, Remember when I said, I wonder if I mentioned it. Anyway, I did in the next paragraph. <laughs> the Herald initially nicknamed Elizabeth Short's killing the werewolf murder before dropping it in favour of Black Dahlia. Hmm. As well as a flower, it's also a kind of butterfly and a sea anemone. 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 What is that word? It's where Nemo lives. Yeah. And he can't say it either, but he's a a small baby fish (laughs) (laughs) and and you're a a big, fully grown man, but he's a little baby fishy and he can't say it either. So (laughs) Me and Nemo got a bit in common. Uh, So let's let's go back. That makes you Marlon, the grumpy dad. (laughs) Hey, he gets the the son back. He gets it done. He's also played by a comedy legend. (laughs) I'm Dory. Blanking on his name right now. Martin Lawrence? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking of Big Mama's house. <laughs> that would have been a different movie. <laughs> I don't know why that was funny. Just because it wasn't him. Albert ha- Brooks. Albert Brooks. Oh, Probably because right. it was like two generations older <laughs> as yeah. a comedian. He's the uh, Martin Lawrence of Bad the Boys of the seventies. <laughs> if they did a. a <laughs> If they did a Bad Boys movie in the in the sixties or seventies, it would have been Albert Brooks. There you go. But and instead, we got Martin Lawrence. Um, so here's Elizabeth's biography. Elizabeth Short was born on the 29th of July, nineteen twenty-four, in Boston, Massachusetts. Her parents were Cleo and Phoebe May Short. She was the third of five daughters. Uh, when she was still young, she became passionate about cinema, and by the time she was a teenager, she dreamed of becoming an actress. This is a quote from Eleanor Kurtz, a friend and neighbour of Short in Medford. Dottie, Elizabeth's sister, Bet and I were going to be movie stars. We were all entranced with movie stars, starstruck. Spent hours talking about movie stars, about going to Hollywood. We performed using Short's front porch as a stage. Every Friday, as soon as the song sheets came out, we'd pull our money, get the latest sheets and spend hours singing. Bet Im- imitated Deanna Durbin. Walked like her, talked like her, and in my eyes, sang like her. Surely in her ears. <laughs> yeah. but just big movie fans. Yeah. Always dreaming of, of, of stardom. <laughs> she definitely knows her Albert Brooks from her Martin Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, I reckon she probably. <laughs> She's a buff. Sorry, I'm not. Emma Pashow or Pasios. Or something like that. I prefer Pashao. Pashao. It's got a certain <laughs> Pashao to it. Pashao and the dirt is gone. <laughs> Uh, she was a friend and neighbour in Medford, said, Her hair was very dark black. She liked to be admired. No one had bad thoughts about her. I just <laughs> liked her. Once you saw Bet Short, you couldn't forget her. In her 2010 book, The Black Dahlia Shattered Dreams, Brenna Horgan said, 
Short's father, Cleo, worked building mini golf courses till the 1929 stock market crash sent him broke. Can you imagine that? Isn't that a wild story? Sorry. That's so funny. The stocks. Oh, no, the mini golf course. They're the first ones to go when the economy hits hard times. You know, it's really going bad with the mini golf courses. I just had had a moment where I realised that someone out there makes the mini golf course. Yeah. You know, I'm just... sorry. I just laughed at their industry. <laughs> no, no, no. I just sort of like you know. You just don't. You don't think about where your mini golf course comes yeah. from. I love the idea that they still check the stocks every day, just in case. All right, boys, go ahead. We can <laughs> we can build these three holes where two holes are fake holes. <laughs> one hole's the real one. They'll never guess which one. Always diversify. Invest in bonds, stocks, and mini golf courses. <laughs> And teeny tiny golf courses. <laughs> uh, t- uh, she says the following year his car was found. Oh, it's sorry, I forgot where this goes. <laughs> it gets sad straight after. The following year his car was found abandoned on the Charleston Bridge. His body wasn't recovered, but it was assumed he jumped off the bridge. Oh, assumed, no. but never, uh, never proven. After this, Phoebe moved her five daughters to a small apartment in Medford, just north of Boston where she worked as multiple uh, mo- worked in multiple jobs, including as a bookkeeper to support the family. Short was an asthmatic and had lung issues, undergoing surgery when she was 15. It was recommended that she move to warmer weather in the wintertime to aid in her recovery and prevent further issues. She spent the following winters in Florida with family and friends. In 1942, her mother Phoebe received a letter from Cleo, the wow. man who disappeared. The mini-golf man? Yes. Uh, he'd been presumed dead, but it turned out that he'd faked his own death and was writing to apologize from his new home in California. Uh, apparently, he wanted to come home to the family, but Phoebe did not accept his apology and refused to see him again, which I feel like is probably fair enough. Yeah, that's pretty justified, I reckon. Early the following year, Elizabeth, who was now 18, decided to move to Vallejo or Vallejo. I'm so sorry, California people. That is almost definitely not correct. But a place called Vallejo in California to live with her dad while she chased her Hollywood dream. She hadn't seen him since she was five or six. So, um, yeah, I imagine that must have made her mum feel cool. Yeah, fuck. I I don't know. Maybe her mum was like, yeah, you know, I I can't see him again, but you should have a relationship with your dad. I I have no idea. Um, It didn't take long for the relationship to sour with Cleo apparently accusing Elizabeth of laziness. <laughs> Elizabeth of laziness. <laughs> oh my God. Someone's got a lazy tongue over there. <laughs> accusing her of laziness and poor housework. Ugh. She moved out early in 1943. She was your daughter and house guest. Why are you. <laughs> no, but your daughter, woman. Oh, sorry. So yes. you should be sorry, a better, no it should be better at housework. It's innate in us. Look, as the feminist of the podcast, I'd say that idea is a little outdated, Jess. <laughs> yeah, what year is this uh, by the way, that you're talking about? Um, 43. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, the roaring 40s, the modern age. Yeah. Man has invented flight. <laughs> this is when she got a job as a cashier, coincidentally, on a US Air Force base. That was totally coincidental. Called Camp Cook. Uh, which is how the FBI, I'm glad they invented flight because the Air Force base was sitting around waiting for something to do. 
Um, and this is how the FBI had her first set of fingerprints mm. on file. According to Korsik, the serviceman quickly noticed her and she won the title of Camp Cutie of Camp Cook in a beauty contest. What do you think of that? Did she, did she enter herself or did they just... <laughs> did they just... <laughs> it kind of reads like she was... You know, they had a word <laughs> quietly in the corner. <laughs> she was hanging out just having some food in the cafeteria and they put a put a sash on her. Yeah, we've elected you Camp Cutie. What the fuck? So, uh, something about that. I wasn't sure if Jess would love it or hate it. Camp Cutie of Camp Cook. See, that's so interesting, Matt, because you are so right in both ways because obviously I hate it. <laughs> But also, Camp Cutie, hello. <laughs> yeah. I want to be Camp Cutie. Oh, no, I'm jealous as well. Cutie sounds nice. I just hate how they've, I mean, it's a, a five-word title and two of the words are camp. <laughs> yeah. Surely you can, you know, bring them into one camp. Just Camp Cutie, Cutie of Camp Cook. The camp's That's implied fine. already. <laughs> camp Cutie. Camp Cook Cutie. Camp Cook Cutie. Uh, it sounds like one of those old wartime Camp songs. Camp Cocoonie, <laughs> yeah. And the Bubbity Boop. <laughs> <laughs> we should go back in time yeah. and be an adorable <laughs> band. We, yeah, we have to have a cover. <laughs> we sn- we're like the time machine lands in a mess hall. <laughs> and we, we quickly knock out the existing band, swap into their clothes, and then we're doing like... We're shabopping yeah. on stage. Where we re- oh no! Oh. I should camp cutie company. Phew! <laughs> <laughs> I think we pulled it off. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we knock out the band? Why did we just join the party or slink out the back or something? Why we were did you put us modern clothes? Why did you put us in the most obvious oh. place? Well, hang on. Were we only supposed to knock them out? <laughs> oh, I-, I killed my guy. <laughs> Oh no! I Wait, what? Who's doing what in the band? Oh, tambourine player over here, and I just killed him with it. <laughs> I just thought we were all shoot whopping. We're all shoot whopping. Who's playing the music? It's all a cappella, baby. <laughs> oh no! We didn't have music in the forties. That's gonna be bad. <laughs> yeah, we come back and we like we we have Spotify on us. <laughs> We change the world. We blow their fucking minds. I also had an almanac with me, so I'm winning big on all of all of the horse racing. It's a super lazy version of yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) We're in a reality where no one's heard Kanye West before, and we just played into a microphone. I think at, at the end of the yeah, set, this is us. Let me just announce: we are the greatest artists of all time. Okay. <laughs> you might not like it, but your kids are going to love it. Probably great grandkids. Great, anyway. Yeah, probably. Uh, but Korsik goes on to say, after mentioning that she won the camp cutie of Camp Cook, yeah, uh, Korsik goes on to say that she was emotionally vulnerable and desperate for a permanent relationship sealed in marriage. Oh, you don't say she had daddy issues, huh? Yeah. Word spread that, yeah, like abandoned by him once and then basically booted out of his... Yeah, your dad's a dick. Cleo. He's no Cleo Bachelor of the Year, that's for sure. Absolutely not. Although he's a bachelor again. Uh, Word spread that Elizabeth was not an easy girl. This is still Korsak's words. (sighs) Which kept her at home instead of on dates most nights. She became uncomfortable at Camp Cook and so, left to stay with a girlfriend who lived near Santa Barbara. She what? was uncomfortable there. It sounds like, yeah, which makes it sound like this Camp Cutie, Camp Cook thing maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It just sounds like it's all a bit gross. But, yeah. I mean, th- this also, is also what I mean. Everyone tells this story slightly differently. Some people paint her as 
what what's the woman version of a womanizer? Like she's like out there and she's she's playing the field sort of thing. A manonizer? Sure. Man eater. Oh, I was gonna. She's say... a man eater. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna get real soy boyish and go. Yeah, interesting that there's not a <laughs> word, but it totally is. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah. So everyone tells this story sort of differently, but Korsak makes it sound more like she was sort of. <laughs> is it your version of the aristocrats? Yeah. Everyone's got their way of telling the, the aristocrats bit, and everyone's got their way of telling. Very similar, Dave. Beautiful <laughs> analogy. I'm so sorry that he's doing this, it. listeners. It's just a. It's, anyway, watch the Aristocrats movie. It's about that's this joke that it'll, people tell differently, and in that movie they all tell it in a different way. But it's. I was thinking of the Aristocats. Oh, I actually, did, <laughs> I did say Aristocats, <laughs> and I was like, really hope no one picks up on that. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I don't remember that one. Everyone oh, tells I the story of the Aristocrats slightly differently, <laughs> <laughs> but they all in, involve scat, which you love. No, I, I don't know what Scar. scat is. I love scar. <laughs> <laughs> Any first time listeners are going to be I'm so baffled by what this show is. Well, I'll summarize it for Someone you. Someone is listening to this on YouTube right now typing an angry comment. Oh, <laughs> I reckon they've at least hit, if they're still there, they're onto their second or third comment by now. Um, so, so she's now, she's living with a friend near Santa Barbara. Uh, and it's around this time that she had her brush with the law that resulted in the second set of her prints being taken. She was with a group. So, you know, I said she was caught mm. underage drinking. This is this is the the big crime she committed. She was with a group of friends who were getting a bit rowdy at a restaurant. She not, wasn't necessarily, but she was in a group that was. The restaurant called the cops. And when they arrived, Short was booked for being underage in a licensed premises. Uh, they took her prints but never charged her. I don't think... She, Sounds like she wasn't drinking or she was just there yeah. at a restaurant that happened to be licensed. So, um, but anyway, that's that. I guess in a way, it's kind of it's good that her prints were on file because she was mm. able to be quickly identified. She was sent back to Medford, but basically by the, those cops uh, back on the east coast. But soon went to stay with relatives in Florida. Uh, there, she met a man named Lieutenant Gordon Fickling of the U.S. Air Force and fell in love. I also read that she met him in California. Even these sort of details, like yeah, total right. opposite sides of the country. Uh, it was looking like they were moving towards marriage, but then Fickling got sent off to the war in Europe, leaving Short heartbroken. On top, top of that, her career wasn't taking off as she'd hoped, uh, but she didn't let the setbacks hold her back as she continued to book modelling jobs and other bits and pieces without getting a, a big break that she was after. She also continued to date, mainly servicemen, and she started getting serious with a man named Major Matt Gordon, who was a decorated Air Force officer. Major Gordon. Major Gordon. I've got a Major Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a Gordon Fickling. Oh, they both got Gordon. I would have thought you would have said Major Matt. Major, I've got a Major Matt. <laughs> you got a Major Gordon in your pants? <laughs> no. No. No, I certainly do not. What are you, that's the weirdest question I've How ever heard. How dare you? Uh, they were getting serious when he was deployed to India. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, I know. But via letter, Gordon proposed to Short and she accepted. They were engaged to 
be married on his return. Can I just say for him, you hit send on that letter or hit send, you send that letter. So <laughs> actually do. You're such a modern hit man. Send. Hit send. Fuck you. Yeah. You, take... you are looking at a magazine, fucking double. Yeah, I'm zooming, I'm zooming on family photos. You're pinching in on, I'm yeah. trying to yeah, try... wanker. <laughs> Zoom out. I'm just thinking of like, obviously a proposal is a very nerve wracking moment yeah. for any person. But if it's three waiting. weeks there, <laughs> you've got to wait for her to reply. If she d- gets it, will she reply? It takes four weeks to come back. That whole time, all you can think about is what's she going to say. That is wild. And on the woman's perspective, uh, was there a ring in that envelope? <laughs> um, yeah. Where's my bling? If you liked it, you should have put a ring in that envelope. Yeah, honestly, that is outrageous. At least in a modern day, a placeholder ring, you know, like something just cheap just for the just for the event and then you go and buy the, a proper ring together. Is that what people do? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, you can do whatever you, you like. Brownlow medalist, uh, which is the <laughs> highest football individual honour, Adam Cooney, proposed to his girlfriend with a burger ring. <laughs> and she said yes, so that tells you a little bit about her too. Wow. <laughs> Cooney. No, that's nice. Whatever. As long as they went and bought a ring afterwards. She's not. I just hope she's not still wearing a burger ring. That's all. Oh, actually, with love. Is it Simpsons? That Homer, can't be hygienic. Didn't Homer propose with an onion ring? Yeah, and it's it really, burns. really hard. <laughs> Can I take it off now? <laughs> That's my Marge. <laughs> we keep stopping halfway through a so, paragraph when it goes from light to sad. So they were engaged to marry on his return. Unfortunately, though, on August the tenth, nineteen forty-five, as the war was coming to an end, within that's within weeks, isn't it, Dave? He was killed in action. Oh, no. Short was proving very unlucky in life and in love. Isn't that, oh, my God. It's like her, just such a harp. Every step of the way, her story is so heartbreaking. Yeah. After a period of mourning. I feel like it's going to get better for her oh, soon. Oh, no. Bob, remember what the episode's called. Was that? <laughs> Wait, actually, you've heard. You've already heard about how it The ends. opening paragraph was, Lady and Baby found a woman ripped in two. Yeah, but like, surely something good will happen in between, you know? Well, it gets better before it gets worse. <laughs> well, uh, Matt, I'm trying to keep a line. Okay, thank okay. you. Hey, remember the mini golf stock market crash? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. The next sentence he went missing. I like know. every time. Every time. <laughs> the next sentence we thought he jumped off a bridge to his death. Oh, God. Uh, after a period of mourning, Short started to get her life back on track by contacting her old Californian friends. She started, decided to head back to LA to continue to pursue her Hollywood dream. While there, she was couch surfing at friends' places for a while before deciding to take a bus leaving LA for San Diego on December the 8th, 1946. While in San Diego, Short saw a show at the Aztec Theatre. After the show, she was found sleeping in her chair by a young woman named, named Dorothy French who worked there. The two became friends, and French offered Short a place to stay at her parents' house. That's nice. Though it was only meant to be for a few nights, she ended up staying for over a month. While staying with the French family, Short partied in the evenings, and one night met a salesman named Robert Manley. Despite Manley having a pregnant wife at home in LA, he began spending a lot of time with Short. Though he later said despite being attracted to her, they were not romantically involved. They were definitely romantically involved. He swore that to police after... 
the, you know. Her yeah, of course, when she was found murdered and people found a connection mm. between the two of them and his pregnant wife could have found out, of course he said they yeah. were romantically involved. I did involved. not have sexual relations with that woman. Of course I didn't. No, we were just good friends. I definitely didn't have sex with her. What? You have DNA? Pro- oh, okay, well. You know, like, of course, he, of course he didn't. Wink, wink. Right. Yeah, no, that does sound... I, I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, but you're probably... You, you sound like you have a case there. Yeah, I'm quite confident that they were intimate. Okay. Telling each other secrets. Yeah. Whispering sweet nothings. Holding hands. Okay. Didn't know it went that far. The height of intimacy. <laughs> First base, hand on shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Second base, elbow touching. <laughs> elbow. Oh. Third base, oh, hand on hand Oh, my God, action. Matt, please. Sorry, I... I'll have to put this as an R-rated episode. <laughs> Probably should definitely do What's that. What's a anyway. home run? A home run? That's yeah. when the batter hits it out. At a <laughs> sort of off topic, but. <laughs> uh, so they, they they were seeing each other on and off. This is um, manly and short. As friends. As friends. Yeah. <coughs> Let's call this friendship up for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Off, over the period of a few weeks in San Diego before Sh- Sh- Short asked him for a ride back to L.A. On January the 8th, 1947, a month after she'd left L.A., Manley drove her back, uh, where he paid for a hotel room for her for the night. Oh, just for her? Yeah. Oh, he didn't stay. No, he, he did. Oh, okay. Um, Separate rooms. Separate beds. No, apparently, um, according to the Corsic, um, uh webpage, the... To, when the two of them returned to the hotel, they went out partying. Then when they returned to the hotel, he slept on the bed and she slept in a chair. So he was a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> but she did like sleeping in chairs. I mean, he did pay for the hotel room. <laughs> sure, but you could also just sleep in a bed. Yeah, yeah so you were the one saying before that they can't just sleep next to But also, this is him telling the story. So, you know, yeah. very possibly they slept, shared the bed and he goes, oh, no, nah, I made her sleep on the chair. Don't worry <laughs> about that. All above board. But then everyone looks at him like, you're an asshole. He's like, oh, I should have put myself in the <laughs> what chair. Did I, put myself in the <laughs> I slept in the chair. Oh, crap. I slept in the bath. <laughs> no one slept in the bed. <laughs> we decided that if I can't have it, then you can't have it. <laughs> we both said that. Then I said jinx and we went to bed. <laughs> I Not was in the bed. Bath. By that I mean I went to bath. <laughs> yeah, I went to bath. She went to chair. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to chair. She slammed the door. <laughs> the door to the chair. <laughs> <laughs> She locked herself in the chair. <laughs> I was banging on that chair all night. <laughs> yeah, he was. In. He was banging Let on that chair you. all night. Oh. <laughs> Sounds like no one got any sleep that night. <laughs> From arguing. It's hard to sleep in a chair. Uh, Short told Manly she was heading back to Medford, but before she did, she had to meet her sister at the Biltmore Hotel in Hollywood. Um, this is the next day. Manly uh, had a meeting that morning, but afterwards he drove her there, dropped her off. Uh, he had another appointment to make. He's a salesman or whatever. Um, so he did not wait for Short Sister to arrive. As he was leaving, Manly saw Short in the hotel lobby making a phone call. Manly, along with the hotel walkers... <laughs> the hotel walkers. All hotels have a small team of walkers. And what the walkers do um, yeah. is uh, they, they, well, they obviously pair up. <laughs> I've got it at font size 18. <laughs> have you had your eyes checked lately? I have. And they said, yeah, I can, I can read the letters on a board. I okay. guess I just can't put them together and say yeah. the word. 
Try again. How do you spell walkers? W-O-R-K. Workers. Manly, along with the hotel workers, are the last known people to see Elizabeth Short. Six days later, her body was found by Betty Bursinger on the morning of January 15th, 1947. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. (laughs) Cha-ching! You can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. The Investigation. Responding uh, to Betty Bursinger's call were officers Frank Perkins and Will Fitzgerald. They were horrified at what they saw at the crime scene and immediately called for backup. I'm sorry, are you seriously just going to brush over Perkins? We're done with that? I hit Perkins hard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. The word Perkins. I thought she slept in a chair. (laughs) Wait, what? Wait, do you think... (laughs) Yeah. You took that. You, you sh- let's take that out of context. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. So is it, yeah, it's Frank Perkins, Perkins is a great name. Yeah. Uh, are you, is Perkins relatively common? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very common English so, name. Not related then. No, nah, I don't have a Frank. Oh, do I have a Frank? <laughs> Any American? Somewhere. Do you have a, an American branch? No. Nah. Oh, I <clears throat> no. I don't think so. Hmm. We've been in Australia for like five or six generations. So, I don't know. I don't yeah. think so. Maybe maybe before that, they're branch, somewhere Possibly. back on the branch. But I don't know. Uh, according to Korsik, the Los Angeles Police Department noted that Short's body seemed to have been posed, lying on her back with her arms raised over her shoulders. There were cuts and abrasions across her body, and her mouth had been sliced to extend her smile from ear to ear. Investigators believed she had been tied down and tortured for several days due, oh. due to the rope marks on her wrists, ankles, and neck. Her naked body had been cleanly sliced in half just above her waist. So this is something that I, I've, I've seen a bit inconsistent as well, how, how much, like the torture side of things. Mm. I just read before, I think this was even on the Wikipedia page, it said that that's a misnomer that 
um, she was tortured. Uh, there was a lot of torture. So I, I don't know 100% what's accurate with that, unfortunately. And um, But that's I did read that quite a bit as well. But apparently, just even at the time, the newspapers were so inconsistent with how they told the story. Even like way back then, it's always been um, told in, in varying ways mm. on all sorts of aspects of it. Apparently, the torture thing came out in the papers at the time um, and the police didn't correct it because they were happy. It was getting attention. Yeah, right. And they were happy for people to not know what had actually happened necessarily because it was, you know, that confuses a, an investigation. But it was also a really weird relationship between the police and the media, which I'll talk about soon anyway. But, yeah, this mm. case had a... They were kind of almost working together, but I'll talk about that soon. The thing that I keep thinking about, and I don't even want to say it out loud and think about it more, but I just can't understand what you could use to cut a body in half. Right. I had that same thought. Yeah, and then right? I was like, oh, I don't want to ask. Yeah. But also, I th- yeah. You said, you said clean in half. Yeah. What, I, what, what a samurai sword is the first thing I thought of. What? Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, something that I'll talk about in a bit is uh, police thought you know because it was it was in the perfect spot mm. and it's like it is quite a hard thing to do people were thinking surgeons and um someone with a medical history right i would have even thought like industrial like a saw equipment or yeah but maybe. i think it was done in a way where it was in this spot that you know anyway wow. uh detective lieutenant jesse Haskins. So there's a Jesse as well. There's a Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) And I think he he was on the scene finding it. He describes a scene like this. There was a tire track right up against the curbing and there was what appeared to be a possible bloody heel mark in this tire mark. On the curbing, which is very low, there was one spot of blood and there was an empty paper cement sack lying in the driveway and it also had a spot of blood on it. It had been brought there from some other location. The body was clean and appeared to have been washed. Two senior detectives were assigned to the case, Detective Sergeant Harry Hansen and Detective Finnis Brown. By this time, uh, by the time they had arrived on scene, it was overrun by a media pack as well as civilian onlookers. Seeing that the crime scene and the possible evidence was being disturbed, Hansen ordered everyone to clear the fuck out. <laughs> I reckon he would have said all that too, the way it reads. Um to leave the area to allow the detectives to do their goddamn job of investigating the case. I reckon I would have said it all like that. Mm-hmm. You're goddamn right I'm out of order. Uh, the, this is the coroner's report or from the coroner's report. Short's body was sent to the coroner's office. Their auto- autopsy revealed many cuts and lacerations to her face and body. According to Korsik, most of the damage done seemed to have been post-mortem, including the severing of the victim's body at her waist, which is you know slightly reassuring. It was done after yeah. she died. Uh, the official cause of death was hemorrhage and shock due to concussion of the brain and lacerations to the face. So, I mean, you can only hope that she was knocked, it, was, it yeah. happened quickly. Yes. The media's uh, involvement, like I was saying, was quite strange. Um, but it was a kind of symbiotic relationship between the LAPD and the media, in particular the newspaper, the Herald Express. The owner of the paper, William Randolph Hearst, had many top investigative journalists uncovering leads on the case, and he made a deal with the cops, apparently, that he'd share the information they found as long as they were granted some exclusives from the LAPD. Isn't that weird? Mm. Like, the cops are going, yeah, we'll give this newspaper the the scoops. Um, according to Korsak, LAPD Captain Donahue uh, was not especially happy with these terms, 
but he was desperate for information on the case and took the offer. Apparently, Hearst assigned reporter Wayne Sutton to locate Phoebe Short, Elizabeth's mother. He found her in her home in Medford, Massachusetts, and was supposed to give her the news of his do- of her daughter's death, uh, which sounds a bit strange in the first place, right? Yeah. Why is a reporter from California oh. the one with the job of going over? And it doesn't seems a bit weird to me. Surely the local cops should have done it. But a- anyhow, he, he he didn't do it anyway. Instead, Korsak says. Sutton knew he needed to obtain information about Elizabeth Short first. Her mother would likely be too shaken up to tell him information on Elizabeth if he had initially broken the horrible news to her. So instead, Sutton lied saying that her daughter had won a beauty contest in LA as a ruse to extract information. Cause it continues saying, Phoebe loved to talk about her beautiful daughter and was willing to tell Sutton everything he wanted to know. Once he had received this information... Sutton's boss instructed him to tell Phoebe the brutal truth. You piece of shit. What? That's really bad. It's just like, nah. Yeah. yeah. By the way, not a beauty contest. She was brutally murdered. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it's awful. Um, yeah, so it's so fucked up. Uh, but when he eventually did tell her the truth, apparently she didn't believe him, and only then did the LAPD contact local Medford police to go uh, to get them to go around and confirm it to her. Why well, they didn't do that in the first place? Yeah, why is a reporter having? Yeah, that's awful. Seems just bizarre and so awful and unethical. Yeah, that's yuck. Yeah, don't the journalists take the the Hippocratic oath? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the way the media... Yes, Carl Stefanovic took the Hippocratic <laughs> Oath. <laughs> what is the Hippocratic? That's the medical one, right? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> the way the media reported on the case was often pretty gross, referring to her, like I said before, uh, as attractive or the attractive victim in one article. Yuck. And incorrectly reporting on how revealing the clothes she was wearing were in the final days as if that was an important factor in the murder. It is a lot more tragic when a good-looking person dies brutally, don't you think? Oh. You know, if she was an uggo, I'd go, oh, that's unfortunate. That's true. But now that I know she's attractive, (laughs) I'm way more invested. Yeah. I'm starting some sort of fundraising campaign because that beautiful woman died. Yes. But they were also kind of saying she was wearing revealing clothes, so it was. she was asking for it. I don't know if it was quite that, but it was somewhere in that world. Yeah. Uh, The BBC writes that the Examiner newspaper added complete fabrications to the Black Dahlia story, exchanging in their reporting the suit short had been seen wearing for a tight skirt and blouse and implying sexual misadventures. One paper wrote at the time, Authorities today were searching into the love life of 22-year-old Elizabeth Short, victim of the werewolf murder whose romances had changed her, according to friends, from an innocent girl to a man-crazy delinquent known as the Black Dahlia. Oh, what? Yeah, isn't it f- I always find it funny to you go back to old media reports and stuff. You know, people talk about now, about oh, the media, it's trash now. It's not, not in, there's no integrity like it used to be. Like, I think it was always a bit, there was always trashy newspapers. Yeah, yeah, Sounds like forever there were trashy newspapers. Yeah. As soon as we got good newspapers, there was was always a trashy one as well. Yeah. It's like nostalgia. Every generation nostalgia makes everyone think, when I was a kid, Mm. we all had integrity. Everyone was polite to adults. There was no violence. You know, we didn't carry knives. We just shook each other's hands and (laughs) said, you're all right, mate. You know, it's Mm. it's bizarre. Nostalgia is one of the weirdest Phenomenons, I reckon. Phenomena. 
phenomenon. Anyway, according to an article in The Guardian, the day after Short's body was found, the Los Angeles Examiner sold more copies than it had any other day, except when it announced the Allied victory in the Second World War. Whoa. Sales were fueled by the tawdry way the tabloid press covered Short as a street-walking, sexualized young thing. As a childhood friend later recalled, it was just horrible the way she was portrayed. The sensationalized portrait has endured over time. Her murder has been memorialized in movies like The Black Dahlia starring Scarlett Johansson a few years ago, which I, I don't recall. Oh, me either. It's, all, like it, it's definitely been, I mean, it was in, talked about how it was mentioned in, the, in Spider-Man uh, this year as well. There's a famous heavy metal band called The Black Dahlia Murder mm. and... This is like inspired so many things. Um, there's also uh, an episode of American Horror Story based on right. it. For whatever reason, maybe because it was in Hollywood and, and there was this name that people can attach it to and it, and it is a mis- mystery and there's so many different suspects and all these different things. Mm, and I suppose how gruesome it is too. Yes. Um, the investigators believe the killer was either a stranger to Short before he killed her, perhaps when hitchhiking, and she got it, just got in the wrong car. Apparently, that was pretty common back then, and she did a bit of hitchhiking, so that that's was one theory. Otherwise, obviously, she already knew him. That were the two options. So she knew him, or she didn't. <laughs> yeah. God, criminal. And the prof- cop, cops reckon it was one of the two. Criminal right. profiling was really advanced back then. Yeah. Right. The other option, I guess, is that she kind of knew him a bit. An acquaintance. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Statistically, it's more likely to be an acquaintance. Yeah. You know. Uh, the police were leaning towards. The the she knew him option. Do you ever really know someone though? Uh, that's true. That's a good point. That was a question that they talked about when police were like, "Yeah, she may have known him, but do you ever really know someone?" Yeah, and then they sat down and tried to connect with one another. Mm. Oh, that's nice. You know, because if one if something happened to one of you, and they'd say, "You know, you knew him. What was he like?" I'd be like, "Well, I mean, mm. I knew." Uh, one side of him, sure. Is it ironic that the Black Dahlia murder brought people together? <laughs> <laughs> that was weird because he did a hand movement. <laughs> of Probably over the past the line. That yeah, one. you're an edgy comic. You <laughs> <laughs> should open with that. I said that last night. I'm doing this, trying this new bit out, and it is making audiences go, whoa. And I'm like, have I become an edgy comic? <laughs> How did that happen? Great. Um, Good for you. The police believed that the way the murder took place and how her body was left on display showed signs of it being a personal vendetta. They also believed that due to the surgical nature of Short's injuries, the killer could have had medical training, like Mm. I mentioned before. Mm. On the 23rd of January 1947, a man claiming to be the killer phoned the examiner newspaper. Depending on the source, he called either to tell them he didn't like how the story had been reported in the papers or to congratulate the editor on his great coverage. Right. So, again, he either loved, liked it or he didn't like yeah. it. Those are the two options. No, yeah. I either knew her or I didn't know her. We knew it. It's something that I find really strange about any of these serial killers. Like, so often they do contact the media or the police or they, you know, like... Even the Golden State Killer would write letters or he would it's an, call. Then it's an attention thing. Yeah, but it's so, it's like, sh- you got away with it. Shut up, you know? <laughs> right. Stop 
bringing attention to yourself. It's almost like their minds don't work like ours. <laughs> yeah, it is almost like that. Yeah. But do we think that that is actually the killer or just a prank call? Uh, it seems like, yeah, very well could have been. He said he'd mail some of Short's belongings to the paper to prove it was really him. And sure enough, a package was received that included Short's birth certificate as well as photos and an address book. Why did he have her birth certificate? Well, because she was sort of living a yeah. nomadic life. She would have had a lot of that stuff on her. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of guessing. That's a good point because I don't have that. My mum has that. Right. <laughs> okay, mum, I don't trust me to keep it safe. Yeah. I trust mum to keep it safe. Well, I'd trust your mum to keep it safe. Yeah, she's sure. got yours too. Yeah. Can I give her mine? Yeah, of course. Thank you. It's better to have all three in one place when you <laughs> yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. In we a s- flammable box. <laughs> At my mum's house. Yeah, in a, in the bushfire zone on yeah. the edge of Melbourne. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Uh, the address book that was sent in had the name Mark Hansen embossed on the cover. Hansen was a nightclub and theatre owner and Short knew and had stayed at his place. Uh, this apparently led to him becoming a prime suspect. Seems like it would have been a weird mistake to me. Yeah, sending, sending your own yeah. address book. But they they were like, well, this is a this is a, a big lead. We got to f- chase it down. Yes, he finally slipped up. Imagine yeah. not having your phone to store phone numbers in, so you just have an address book that you carry around. Yeah, Rolodex. It really has just you know eliminated all the things you had to carry: mm. calculator, Encyclopedia Britannica, compass, yep. condom, condom. Dave, Dave what? what? <laughs> I've got a very advanced phone. <laughs> If you keep your phone next to your junk long enough, it should stop pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's what I'm banking on. <laughs> Wank banking. Yeah. Don't worry, baby. I've owned an iPhone for eight years. The package had been washed with gasoline in a similar way to Short's body, further convincing the police that the package had been sent by the killer. What do you mean washed? How do you... Okay. I guess, yeah, it's sort of like... Because I'm thinking like an, an envelope. So that's just... If you wash that with gasoline... Hmm. Well, it, it's uh, the bits in the package, the yeah. books and, and that sort of stuff. Just I think. wiped them all down. Yeah, I guess wiped down with gasoline. Hmm. Um, the gasoline wasn't able to clean off all the prints, though, and some partial prints were collected and sent off to the FBI to analyse. But unfortunately, were compromised en route and unable to be analysed. There's a mole in the police. Yeah, what do you mean compromised en route? What happened? Well, that's one that... Someone got them out and just started poking I'm them. not even 100% sure if that... Happened or not, but right, it yeah, was okay. written in a couple of different places. Yeah, yeah. And it's like that's a wild idea if they were cl- like they yeah. were close to having great evidence and it just disappeared. Mm. Oh, that would be infuriating. so infuriating. Um, the same day the package was received, one of Short's shoes and her handbag were recovered from a garbage bin within a few miles of where her body was found. More letters arrived at various LA newspapers offices with messages. Uh, form from magazine cutouts. They included messages such as, I will give up in Dahlia killing if I get 10 years. Don't try to find me. Uh, what does that mean? Oh, if, if, you, if you agree to just give me 10 years jail, I think I'll come clean. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. I don't Why know. would you set it at 10? <laughs> I'd be like, I'll do six months. <laughs> Good behavior, Bond. Yeah. Just find me. You know, why would you set yourself 10 years? Well, I guess he knows that that's a pretty good deal. Oh, it's a great deal. Hmm. I wonder if California... But start low and oh, barter. Build up to the 10. Maybe that's what he thought he was doing. Oh, wow. 
There seems to be differing opinions on nearly all aspects of the case, including the authenticity of some of the letters. Though Korsak writes, these letters seem to be from the murderer and it seemed as if he were trying to taunt the LAPD detectives. His messages were often convoluted and confusing, causing the detectives to spend much time trying to decipher them. Everything sent to the LAPD, including the letters, Elizabeth's short security card and photographs, had been rinsed with gasoline. So the forensic examiners were unable to lift any fingerprints off the evidence. Hmm. Many of the letters also seemed to give false information based on the way the investigators deciphered them and were not very helpful in solving the Black Dahlia case. I think it sounds like... Because I, I saw other people dispute that most of those letters were legit, apart from that first package, which is hard to dispute because it was her birth certificate. Um, yeah. There was also there was a note found in um, in a man's clothes where it looked like he a suicide note where he um, owned up to the murder, and but body was never found, never identified. There was just a, a, a pile of clothes. Um, oh. And it. it I don't think people think that was legit either. A lot of people came forward to claim that they did it in this case as well, which is quite strange. Why? I'm not fully sure. There was there was a big um, reward, so I, I was thinking, oh, was it like going, I'll I'll take the rap so that my family can get become rich? I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure. That was my that's the conclusion I jumped to, but I don't know if I, that necessarily makes sense. I reckon I'd turn to gambling. Rather than, because I love my family. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I love gambling. I would do just about anything. Gamble. <laughs> Gamble. <laughs> list goes on. Um, but probably further down that list would be um, uh, claim a murder I didn't do. Right. To be honest, that's just the ultimate gamble, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. That's really that's if you're a real gambler, you'd admit to a murder you didn't do. And I do. could just, I could get so much reading done in prison. Back yourself. I could get a lot of reading and I could just focus on exercise, you know? Oh, yeah. Exercise yard. I always think, you, prisoners always seem buff in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People spend so much on gyms. I spend so much on gyms. Just do some gyms. hard time, then you'll get hard abs. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they call it hard time. Because <laughs> I'm hard the whole time. <laughs> Is in that a Gordon in your pocket? <laughs> No, it's my abs. I've got abs all the way down. <laughs> Is that a Gordon in your pocket? I took out the one word that made that nearly a thing. Major. Is that a Gordon in your pocket? Oh, boy. Oh, so I've got a big Gordon right now. You <laughs> think Gordon kind of works? <laughs> He's got a raging Gordon. <laughs> so I'm going to call it from now on. Uh. Yeah, and uh, people who came forward and, and were found to be, like a lot of them were ruled out straight away. It's like, no, you definitely couldn't have done it. And then they were charged with obstructing the course of justice and stuff like so that. So it is a gamble. That is a right, gamble. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real gamble. <laughs> <laughs> I did this murder. No, you didn't. Oh, fuck. Yeah. But, hey, you're still in trouble. Don't worry. <laughs> this is the jail full of people that claim to be the Black Dahlia killer. No, I did it. No, I did it. I did it. That's the uh, Goodwill Hunting. No, the other Robin Williams school story movie where they all stood on their desks. Goodwill Hunting. Oh, is that what it was? No. Dead Poets Society. Society. <laughs> is that that's the scene at the end? I killed. A handwritten letter was received by the examiner on January 26th reading, Here it is, turning in Wednesday, January 29, 10 a.m. Had my fun at police. Black Dahlia Avenger. On January 29th, the police waited at the location the letter listed, 
but the killer did not show up. Later that day, the examiner received a cut-and-paste letter reading, I've changed my mind. You would not give me a square deal. Dahlia killing was justified. Like, that never led anywhere. But Good communicator, though. Yeah. Keeps checking in, you know? Yeah. That's all right. There were, and there were... Um, so these are all, you know, that old school cut out of magazines. Yeah. Letters. So let's go through some of the suspects. I'm only going through a few of the key ones. There are so many. A wild amount. Wild, yeah. Um, and there still still are. People, you know, are still talking about this all the time. There are so many different suspects out there. By mid-1947, the police had eliminated a list of 75 suspects. And by the end of 1948, they had looked into a total of 194, uh, 192 suspects. Uh, here are a few of the key ones. Also, those numbers range. I've seen numbers like, you know, a thousand people. That's so many. Uh, Mark Hansen. Yeah. The key suspect we spoke about before. The club and theatre owner whose name was embossed on the address book. Short stayed at his home on numerous occasions in 1946. And according to Short's friend, Anne Toth, Hansen had his sexual advances rejected by Short. Short called Hansen on January the 8th, 1947, when she was still in San Diego, making him one of the last people she spoke to before she disappeared. When he was questioned about the address book, Hansen told the LAPD that it was his, but he gifted it to Short unused. Which makes sense to me. Like the idea that that he sent in his own book yeah. to me just does not add up at all. But uh, also a used address book. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just like, may, maybe I'm missing something there. Mm. Uh, he remained a prime suspect throughout the investigation, though he had no criminal record and charges were never brought against him. Many still believe him to be the man, uh, but he died of natural causes in 1964. Dr. Patrick O'Reilly was another who was a suspect at the time and remains so. A lot of people still think he did it. So there's there's different suspects. There were some that were right in the gun at the time and not so much anymore and some that weren't really thought about then but um, people speculate about now. Mm. Dr. Patrick Riley has consistently been a suspect. Um the way Corsick writes about him, he sounds like he should be too. Um, right. This is from Corsick's writings again. O'Reilly was a medical doctor who had known Elizabeth Short through Mark Hansen. According to the Los Angeles District Attorney's files, O'Reilly was a close friend with Hansen and frequented the nightclub that Hansen owned around the time of the murder. Corsick goes on to say O'Reilly had been convicted of assault with a deadly weapon for taking his secretary to a motel and sadistically beating her almost to death, apparently for no other reason than to satisfy his sexual desires. That's all quoting from Corsick. This meant that O'Reilly had a history of violent crimes with sexual motivation. Uh, he goes on to say the files noted that O'Reilly's right pectoral had been surgically removed, which was similar to the mutilation present on Elizabeth Short's body. It should be noted that O'Reilly was once married to the daughter of one of the LAPD captains. There's a lot in there. Yeah. Why was his pectoral removed? I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't look into that any further. That's the only place I really... I think I saw that one other place. But, yeah, I'm like, that's a... that's a. have never heard of that. No. I'm guessing them... I don't know if that means it was it was, it was cancerous or there was... You had some issue there. Mm. Um, Robert Manley... <laughs> Mm. Mm. Tell me more Robert about Manley. this peck. <laughs> Robert Manley, another one of the suspects. He was the last man known to see Short alive. Uh, he this was is also... the man who made her sleep in a chair. Yes. Um, he they were w- just friends, okay? He was 
also a suspect at the time and one of the first to be taken in by the police. So he was released due to a solid alibi for January 14th and 15th, as well as for passing two separate lie detector tests, which are now sort of known to be fallible, right? Um, so it's funny that he was ruled out in a large part on those lie detector tests at the time. She was, she was, un- uh, she was, it was nearly a week and he had, he had alibis for two days. So I don't know if, you know what I mean? Yeah. The lie detector test, so I don't know. I always just think of Maris is like taking the lie detector test. I've got, if you excuse me, I've got to go. I've got a hot day. <laughs> dinner with a friend. <laughs> dinner alone. <laughs> just keeps getting it's not even dinner in the end, right? No, yeah, it's like ogling the women in the Sears catalogue. <laughs> and it's not even Sears or something? No, yeah, I can't remember the, yeah, but then, Target um, catalogue. I don't know. I don't deserve this kind of shoddy treatment. <laughs> Things like, <laughs> <laughs> that is a great. I forgot about that. That's a great uh, Simpsons bit. Maybe the most talked about suspect though is Doctor George Hoddle. A lot of this is because uh, of a modern day campaign for him to be proven guilty of the murder, being undertaken by an ex LAPD detective named uh, Steve Hoddle. No coincidence that their name's the same. It's his son. Oh, he's so the doctor's son. The doctor's son is is like basically dedicating his life now to to proving that his dad did it. <laughs> uh, so, speak about daddy issues. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, dad didn't play enough baseball with you, hey? He was on one of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm gonna make him look like a killer. <laughs> yeah, I think he. I don't think he was a great dad. Uh, <laughs> Steve Hoddle was interviewed. <laughs> so I imagine if he was a great dad. Yeah. Oh. And he can't believe that his son, mate, I couldn't have done more for you. And now you're trying to say that I killed this person. <laughs> what the fuck? But apparently when he first, he, he first heard that um, his dad was uh, a suspect, he, he was fir- at first trying to prove he didn't do it. And he was like, oh, actually, I think maybe he did. And then he, you know, he, he became convinced. And, Whoa. Uh, so Steve Hoddle was interviewed by the Guardian newspaper in 2016 in an article titled, I know who killed the Black Dahlia, my own father. It's a pretty bold headline. Yeah, there's no real pullback and reveal there, <laughs> no. is it? <laughs> Dad? There's none of that in that article. No. They're really selling it. And I get it. Like, that's a good headline, but, you know. Hoddle has also written books on the subject, multiple books. Um, though LA Times columnist Steve Lopez is unconvinced, telling the Guardian... Uh, when I found out what Hoddle's theory was, it struck me as pretty spectacular. An LAPD detective solves one of the most notorious unsolved murders in LA history, and the murderer is his father. But I was struck in reading the book by the fact that Hoddle never sealed the deal, wrote Lopez. I thought he offered mostly circumstantial evidence, then acted as if the case was closed. And I think... I, case closed? I thought that was just a figure of speech. <laughs> <laughs> I watched an episode of this of one of these old sort of TV shows I was talking about. It was called Cold Case Files, and the host was the best. He starts out by he's driving through the streets of Hollywood at night, and he goes, "I lived on the I lived around this area for two or three years back in the seventies. <laughs> two or three years, something like that. It was a real great connection of the area. I lived here for thirty five <laughs> years. I lived here for a couple of months one time." <laughs> Visiting a friend. He just—he had a great <laughs> voice, you know, that d- deep old American journalist voice. It was fantastic. Um, 
so he he uh, was interviewed quite a bit on this episode, and it, it was all around the Black Dahlia case. Uh, the first thing that made him suspect his father was finding photos of a woman who looked like Short in a photo album belonging to his father. They showed these photos uh, on the show, and to my untrained eye, it didn't quite look like the same person. <laughs> he was fully convinced. Um, and it, if you squint in your eyes, you can kind of see. Like his it face. definitely, definitely looks similar, but you know, like different it, kind. Like, like you know, was, the was, nose is a bit different. Was and it just a woman. And he's like, see this dot. They're all the same. This dot here on her forehead that lines up. It's like, yeah, but what about the nose being different? Yeah, but the dot. Noses change. Dots, Dots are forever. <laughs> but and he ha- he went and got people to analyze it, and some people said that it was a match, and others said it was inconclusive. Um, he also uh, said some of the handwriting in the letters, which aren't even proven to be actually from him, said that it was the same as the handwriting of his father, and he had samples of both. Had those tested as well. Uh, and, again, the verdicts were differing, but sort of from un unsubstantiated to maybe. Right. No one was like, yes. Yeah, I don't think anyone was really bang on. <laughs> right. Someone's like, it could be. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, that's why I brought it to you because it could be. But also mentioned on the show, I, I feel like I wouldn't worry about any of that stuff though because it's like that stuff doesn't seem like it's proving anything. This next stuff feels f- full on. Um, and this is also mentioned on the show and in the Guardian article. There are transcripts from 1950 when the police bugged George Hoddle's home, the, the dad, from The Guardian. Um, most of the transcript is dull. Hoddle has sex. He berates his secretary. He talks about money problems. But on 19th of February, 1950, there's a haunting exchange. 8.25 p.m. Woman screamed. Woman screamed again. It should be noted, the woman not heard before the scream. This is uh, it's written out in the transcript. Yeah. Later in the day... Hoddle talks to a confidant. This is uh, quoting from the transcript again. Realized there was nothing I could do. Put a pillow over her head and cover her with a blanket. Get a taxi. Expired 12.59. They thought there was something fishy. Anyway, now they may have figured it out. Killed her. That feels like, why wasn't someone, I don't know. Anyway, the surveillance continues routinely, but for one telling moment. And this is again from the transcript. Supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia. <laughs> okay. Is he talking to himself in the mirror? <laughs> that one feels a little more, uh, yeah. Supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia. They couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. What Whoa. the fuck? That's what I'm thinking. It's like, why is this even a mystery? <laughs> well, did they arrest him for the murder of his secretary at least? The screaming and stuff, that was Feb, right? Yeah, but that I, d- I don't know if that was the secretary or someone else or he's, you know. Yeah. Uh, in, in this doco, they had uh, his son uh, had uh, this uh, another ex-cop with a dog who was um, trying to sniff out bodies, human remains, and, and, and went around his dad's old property and the dog sniffed out, apparently, supposedly showed signs of smelling traces of old human remains. That's gross. But he wasn't arrested for that murder. No. Even though they had surveillance of him admitting that he killed someone. Yeah, I don't get it. But it just feels like, yeah, that feels She's at, dead at least pretty noteworthy. Yeah. You'd look into that, I reckon. Why is the secretary but dead? But I think, I think they did. I think they looked into it and then and then dismissed it. So, I mean, did they dismiss it like, was the tone not noted that he was joking around? Or 
Yeah. I don't know. She's dead. <laughs> dead tired. She's put in a lot of extra hours this week and will be paid accordingly. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm a great boss. Maybe that was it. I don't know. Maybe they cut him off to make it, you know. It's like reality TV shows now where they always edit someone to be the bad guy. Yeah. Maybe it's just like that. Remember when I messaged you a couple of weeks ago saying I've just gone to bed after an epic night of writing reports? That's when I was going through all this stuff. My, it was making my brain throb. I'm like, oh, what is happening? Yeah, and that's not a good thing to be reading late at night either. I, it, yeah, it did make all my senses feel out of whack. Yeah, it was very surreal feeling. I was sort of, I was so tired at the same time, but it, yeah, it just, you know, it was. Did some of these things aren't super fun to deep dive into? Yeah. But it's what the Patreons it's what, wanted. Number one. This is the, the one <laughs> they, they said, wanted no, no, the most. Go there. <laughs> they thought we'd solve it. <laughs> and we are. And they thought right. We're close. <laughs> I can feel it. Um, yeah, so it seems like that's that's noteworthy stuff to me. Sort of like head headline sort of stuff. And is George alive at the at the time when his son's investigating no, his, him? His dad's dead by this point. Ah. I think he I think that's when he found the photos going through yeah, right. like the deceased estate. So I don't remember if you'd said that or not. Um, I I, I might not have, no. That's so weird. Um, Yeah, you'd love to go to him. Hey. Just bring your friend over with a dog. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's what's he sniffing for? Nothing. Do you mind leaving the dog in the backyard? Uh, We'd love to, Dad, but we've just got to check all the rooms (laughs) first. Sorry, Dad, I've just got to uh, dig up this concrete. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Um. But yeah, anyway, it seems like many think Steve Hoddle's case against his father is a bit flimsy. Or this is in the words of ex-LAPD detective Brian Carr. He said, um, basically, if he ever took a case as weak as Hoddle's to a prosecutor, he would be, quote, laughed out of the office. Shit. So yeah, just like to me, I'm like, oh, this feels this feels like it should really be investigated. I guess what they're saying is it was, and yeah. I just don't understand how those quotes... From that transcript, were yeah he not... killed someone. Yeah, <laughs> even it might not have been the black dot, but he killed someone. Right, you know. Yeah. yeah. Look into that then. In, it could be a different case. That's all right. Because like the cop, those transcripts were gotten because the cops were sus on him for doing yeah. bad stuff. I don't even think they were looking at him for this case necessarily at the time. There were other. There were sort of like incest charges oh, brought Jesus. against him. I think. Um, which didn't hold up, but sound like, you know, that was sort of more legal loophole stuff, maybe. Yeah. Uh, It seems like, depending on who you read, they believe it was a different guy. Everyone is like, it's definitely Mm. this guy. This is my guy. It's definitely the the killer. But, you know, everyone's contradicting each other. And everyone's going, yeah. Oh, you're listening to this guy? He's a joke. Mm. His research... (laughs) Is a joke. I'm laughing. <laughs> and they're doing it to each other. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a, a wild, wild. Oh, you read my research. <laughs> I'm a joke. <laughs> I'm a fucking joke. My wife left me because of this shit. Uh, Sharon! Sharon! <laughs> Sharon! Oh, no, her name's Karen. That's probably why she yeah, left me. I keep calling her Sharon. <laughs> it seems like possibly, though, the main suspect was a bellhop named Leslie Dillon. He had previously been a mortician's assistant, so he'd worked vaguely in this in this world where he might know how to cut up a cadaver he sort of packed thing. Packed a few asses in when his When do morticians have to cut up a body? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it'd be rare, but they'd know how to. Cut. Yeah, I don't. So they know. know how to put 
blush on your face yeah, yeah. and cotton in your asshole <laughs> but don't not the other way around <laughs> i guess i guess it, it means he definitely knew he knew how to he wasn't worried about dead bodies he wasn't yeah, squeamish right. that's yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's i mean but can't not at all suggesting that morticians are we're so lucky to have people who are willing to do those jobs like we said in the ass packing episode back in <laughs> yeah. episode 10 i think we talked about uh, burial cremation or, or other what they do to your body when you die yeah some people still quote that as their favourite episode all the time. It's my favourite still. We've done 200 since. <laughs> no, literally. And our 10th <laughs> one was the peak for We're me. We're still chasing our tail. <laughs> That's not what that phrase means. Um, <laughs> after uh, contracting... <laughs> fuck, I'm... There's, so if, sorry about any of these um, me fluffing lines here because I probably won't, I'll, I'll, won't get them all out. But if... I'm sorry for that. After contacting LAPD psychiatrist Dr. J. Paul DeRiver about the Black Dahlia case, saying he had an interest in it after reading it about it in a magazine. This is uh, Leslie Dillon. The bellhop. Yeah. But he seemed to have intimate knowledge of the murder and for this reason was pursued by the police. <sighs> Unfortunately, though, in Korsak's words, he had been illegally detained and there had been a lack of concrete evidence tying him to the murder. Many believe Dylan committed the murder and would have been indicted uh, not for the fact that the LAPD had followed proper protocol in his arrest. So they kind of, they butchered it, according to some. For sake. There was a, I I thought I'd written more about this, but it doesn't look like I did. There was um, this uh, DeRiver, I think it was. He he was like pretty convinced it was him. He um, was talking to Dylan a lot. And the more they spoke, the more he was like, oh, I think Dylan actually, I think he might have done it. And he he started talking about his friend. Dylan's like, I think my friend might have done it. And then Deriva's like, I don't think this friend exists. Right. <laughs> I don't think this guy and, has any And they try to look into him. Eventually it turned out the friend did exist, but his name was totally different. Uh, and yeah, it was all very messy. There's just all these different paths that look like a, a very much, like you read someone's take on it, you're like, Oh, this is the guy. Yeah. But ha- how many guys could it be? It's so frustrating that it's never going to be solved. It yeah. just can't be solved now. There's just going to be a bunch of different people who are 100% sure it was someone. Yeah. But no one's ever going to be able to prove it. Huh. Hmm. Uh, of the suspects, there are apparently confessions from more than 50 different people. Some others say as many as 500 confessed. Okay. Wow. It's definitely got a five in it. Yeah. Five and an O. So... And maybe another row. <laughs> Apparently, the LA district attorney only considered 22 of these as viable. Still so 22 many. 22 is so many. Uh, one early confession came from a 29-year-old soldier, Joseph Dumay. A couple of weeks after the murder, he confessed, but investigators revealed that Dumay had been at his army barracks in New Jersey at the time of the murder and cleared him of any involvement. Despite this, he continued to claim he was the killer. And I, I, it, why he thought he blacked out and did it, he um. But they're like, you didn't do it. But he's like, he was convinced he did. Isn't that wild? That's so weird. And I also I love the idea of you know in, in my head I think of movies and stuff of people being falsely accused and the cops are just so ready to go. Oh great, we'll put this on this person. There's some evidence, and it being like a nightmare scenario. But this proves that it's the opposite of that. People are going, it was me, and the cops are like, I don't reckon it was. Nah. In certain, you know, the, that yeah. kind of scenario, the cops would be like, great, dust their hands off. Yeah, excellent. Go to we, lunch. Did it. we did it. Yeah. But it's, they're like, 
I don't know if you did, mate. Yeah, prove that you're guilty. I don't mate. understand why you would say you did. Yeah, I'm not. D- oh, notoriety. You know. But, but fuck. Yeah, it must. That's why I think maybe the money thing must have had something to do with it. It's like a modern day fortune. Maybe. Or at the time, also a fortune. Yeah. Modern day fortune wasn't required. <laughs> uh, for uh, So, so many suspects, so many that I can't go through them all. Just quickly, though, interestingly, there are a few celebrity suspects named, um, though seemingly they were never taken too seriously. The Hoff. <laughs> the Hoff was one. Taken quite seriously. Wow. Yeah. Imagine he, say. he wasn't even quite born yet. Then it turns oh, no, out he was been... actually in Germany, Yeah. Uh, where he's massive. Although there was a tie mark at the scene. What was Kit doing that night? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? He's, he drove two iconic cars. Also, the dune buggy from Baywatch. <laughs> Maybe not quite. It didn't have a name, I'll did it? Be there. I'll be uh, there. A, a memory came up on my Facebook page a couple of weeks ago. I was in LA. Um, I, have I told this story before how I tried to hire a, a convertible Mustang and mm. they... They go, we're going to upgrade you. Sorry, there's no Mustang. We're going to upgrade you to a <laughs> Nissan Maxima. <laughs> and you're like, I'll Yay. have a word. We might even be able to get you a sunroof. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's not really what I'm... Anyway, eventually we got the Mustang and we would... And there's this video on my private Facebook page of us driving down a highway from San Francisco to LA, top down with the Baywatch theme blasting or else sing along. Great memory. Yeah, Wind in the nice. hair. But imagine if you'd done that in a Nissan. <laughs> now that's badass. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Or a Hyundai, as they say. <laughs> I love how they say words over there. It's Adidas. Amazing. Adidas. <laughs> which, which would be completely normal to them. Yeah. Us think... saying Adidas, they'd be like, that's fucking stupid. But it's the other way around for us. You sound dumb. They, do they say Puma instead yeah. of Puma? Puma. That's not a puma. <laughs> 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 the most American man of all, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the celebrity, <laughs> as, as well as... <laughs> just got it. <laughs> because I was trying to think of... Other quotes from that movie. And I, <laughs> I went through a couple of things. And then I was like, I don't know what I'll say. What would you say? I was going to say, it's not a tumor. <laughs> that's what he was doing. <laughs> what, what do you think I was referencing in your mouth? <laughs> That sounds pretty funny. It's not a puma. (laughs) (laughs) I'm crying. (laughs) Who is your daddy and what does he puma? (laughs) (laughs) What a beautiful insight. It's so funny. You laughed quite a lot and I was like... That's a pun and it went quite well. Oh, that is a pun. A pun. <laughs> I've changed tumor to puma. <laughs> oh, that's made my stomach hurt. <laughs> oh, very good. That's the second time in two days I've laughed like that. Yesterday I laughed because we went to KFC. 
That is funny. He's going to start again. <laughs> I need to know what, what happened. I wanted there. chips, so we went to KFC. And Aiden <laughs> had to order the chips in the drive-thru. And he's terrible at, like, you just say, could I have a large and a regular chips or a medium chips and a large chips, please? So you go, um... Yes, uh, hi. Um, yes, uh, exactly. Uh, how, how are you? Um, <laughs> yes, hi. Um, if, uh, I was wondering if we could please get uh, one large chips. She went, yep, and is that all? He goes, uh, no. Can we also have? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, hurry up. You like, wanted, wanted to re- uh, repeat back to him every item. Yeah. yeah. I was crying in the passenger seat <laughs> laughing so hard. Is that it? No. No. I'm... I will also have. <laughs> uh, not a puma. That's good stuff, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. How do we get talk, there? Let's talk death again. We're talking about how they... Uh... Oh, the celebrity suspects. <laughs> and we got to Hoffman. Oh, Hoff. So, yeah. We went to Kit. To Nissan. <laughs> to yeah. Schwarzenegger. That was a long way around. All right, a few more YouTube comments have just come up, I think. Oh, <laughs> uh, Who celebrities from the 40s? Who? Um, Humphrey Bogart. Folk singer Woody Guthrie. Oh. He's, um, you know, one of the, the sort of legends of folk. And also Hollywood legend Orson Welles. Really? Really. And it feels like there's, you know, you could almost, you could build a narrative around it. Um, but I'm not going to do that because, it, mm. you know, it was dismissed pretty quickly. But there were sort of, you know, if you read, if you read an article about it, you will go, oh, that, you can, you could believe it. But that's the thing about it as well. Yeah. Depending on who you read. I'm convinced by everyone. Yeah. So that's why mysteries are so unsatisfying. So in your mind, everyone did it. Yeah, I like I'll be reading about one person like, oh, this guy definitely yeah. did it. No, hang on, this guy even more definitely did it. <laughs> if I was a cop at the time, those jails would have been full, all from this one crime. Um, anyway, that brings me to the end of my report. It's obviously a, a super sad, brutal story. It's, it's wild that it's it's held the public's attention for so long, and then it's kept the the name of the Black Dahlia because for some reason I thought I, I didn't know much about it, but I thought it was like they it, they didn't know who she was. Yes, and that's why they that's why they called it the Black Dahlia. But they knew she, who she was, so why not just refer to her by her name? I know, and I had to like I went through and I you know I refer to her by her name throughout, but most articles don't. They just say the Black Dahlia. So we know who she is. Yeah, just use her name. Give her a fucking name. That's so strange. For some reason, I always thought it was like a Jane Doe and they could never figure out who it was. Yeah. But they knew straight That's away. That's what I, I assumed. Yeah, I did assume that too. They knew straight away. That's so strange. Do, do you have, obviously, it's ridiculous to have a, 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 an idea of who you think might have done it, but was there anything in there that made you think one more than the other? It's because it's the same thing. It's like as soon as you talk about someone new, I forget the last one. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it was this guy. Yeah. The that second Patrick? last doctor. Yeah. Yeah, the one whose son's trying to go after him. It's just I just feel like if he just needs to drop the circumstantial evidence stuff and go, just look at this transcript. Yeah. But then there's other people, like there's, you know, 50 to 500 people who also said they did it. Mm. So I guess you can't. Mm, yeah, I know, because I hear that and go, well, we've got him on tape. Yeah. He said he did it. But then there's other people going in. I say, I'll sign an affidavit. Yeah, yeah some people that are it. knocking on a police yeah. headquarters being like, yeah, I did it. That's Maybe crazy. that was just like, you know, back then it was like their version of planking, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> it was a crazy. It was like an ice bucket modern, challenge. Yeah, crazy modern craze at the time. Hashtag I did it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but crazy, and do we? I don't know. There's no explanation for for why. Mm. But the crazy, brutal nature of the crime. Well, the chopping in half. I that mean, kind of stuff. I th- yeah, I thought I would read it down. There were so many things. I'm like, I don't know how much of this I want to be yeah, talking weird. about. But there, there was um, one um, like a psychologist or someone who was saying he. It, it seemed to him like uh, it was it was someone who was going who maybe was rejected by her in life going you, you're not rejecting me now I'm, I'm punishing you for that that was yeah. his sort of he saw these signs of it being that kind of thing but you mm. know all of that's pretty it's just so fascinating and what it like didn't exactly she didn't exactly have the best life did she no you know? 22 yeah. like the amount of like horrible all these things you go that one thing would traumatize you for life for sure she had so many like Fiance's dying in war, father faking his death. Yeah, yeah. and then rejecting you. Mm-hmm. When he, um, <clears throat> she's like having to be shipped around the country because of health issues even. Yeah. You know, any of these, these like that becomes this tiny thing. Oh, she had to live in a warmer climate because of her her lung health. Yeah. She had to be sent away from her family. Yeah. You know, all, like just so many things. Um, kicked out of her, reuniting with her dad and then being kicked yeah. out of home yeah. basically. And... Being sent home by the police just because you were in a restaurant with yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's dumb. Just, yeah, just awful. And so you're right, so unsatisfying that they that we don't know. Yep. Want answers, god damn it. Yes. Um anyway, I don't yeah, I don't know if, if uh any listeners have strong ideas about this. Um definitely uh, send us a, t- a tweet or um yeah. whatever. Put your ideas into a, a short tweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? like, well, that was it. You know, you could send a long email, but then you'd have to read it, Bop. And I don't know if you want to be going through. I'd happily forward that on to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <great. laughs> um, but yeah, if you if you if you don't, you can follow us on social media. What a Ooh. gross tie into social media. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to bail on that. Uh, uh, don't. That... I remember hashtag I did it. <laughs> that uh, yeah. So that that is the end of of that. Dark and report, and also bring us the end of of, of Blocktober. Yeah, um, huh. but uh, yeah, I do appreciate people because I I really only have heard her name from people suggesting it as a topic over the last four years or however long we've been doing the show. I'd never heard of it before then, but even back in the early days, I reckon people tweeted um, Black Dahlia to us as a suggestion, and then since it's, uh, we got the hat system that form mm. um which will be linked to if you have suggestions for topics you can um click the link in the show description and, and give us those suggestions yes um david we're about to do our patreon section but um you were going to tell us about something i forget what you want oh to that's right so one of our rewards this will be the fourth annual christmas card that we are, are going to send out in december is it four or is it number three? Yeah, no, three. it is number four. This is our fourth Christmas yeah. card. Four? Yeah. What? Yeah, we yeah. remember we did the one with the candy canes, another photo. Then last oh, year we yeah. had some fantastic artwork. And again this year we have uh, commissioned a fantastic artist. Oh, yes. It's, it's another to... brilliant visual piece of art. Oh, a feast for the eyes. Yes. So we've got the design. And uh, basically we always say that if you pledge before November the 1st, at the $5 or more above, just basically to cover our postage and uh, printing costs, uh, via Patreon, if you're there via November the 1st, which is coming up this week. Yeah, two days. Uh, 
Yeah, two Friday. days from now, Friday. Basically, we lock the list off and go, yep, these people have supported us on this date. Thank you so much. And then uh, we will send you a Christmas card wherever you are in the world. And also, a reminder, if you are on Patreon, double check that your address is up to date because we always have people being like, oh, no, I moved six months ago, forgot to change it. Yeah. My, my old neighbor got well, my old address got my Christmas card. So please, yeah, make sure your details are up to date. And if you want to get a Christmas card with this uh, fantastic original artwork, go to patreon.com slash pod And at the same time, support the show and get a bunch of other rewards, including those bonus episodes that we spoke about at the top of the show and uh, some other stuff that Matt's <laughs> going to take us through now. Yeah, well, that... not a puma. <laughs> <laughs> that does bring us to the... Uh... Fact, quote, or question segment of the show, everyone's favourite segment, which has a jingle that goes like this. Fact, quote, or question. Puma. <laughs> uh, that, and um, Puma. this week I'm going to start doing two because we got, we've got a few more people on this level now. So just to make sure that we can get through everyone's, we're at the point where it would have taken a year to do each person. So I'm going to do two an episode now so that we can make sure we keep getting people's facts, quotes, and questions out there. So I'd love to start off this week with Jessica English. And uh, as well as giving us a fact, a quote, or a question, you also get to give yourself a title. And Jessica has given herself the title of Chief Counsel for Risks and Fuck-Ups. Oh, I like that. (laughs) That's handy. We needed one of those. That spot had been sitting vacant for quite a while. Yeah, thank goodness. The hiring process was pretty... In depth yep. and in depth. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yep. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Her fact, Jessica's fact, is Sydney Scheinberg turned down a script for a prequel to Jaws based on the story of the USS Indianapolis told during Jaws by Quint, uh, played by Robert Shaw, the old Essendon footballer, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the name of the actor who. I'm guessing Quint is the main actor in Jaws. No, the main is he the we need a bigger boat guy? Yeah. No, he doesn't say we need a bigger boat, does he? Who's Quint? <laughs> I should watch that movie again. Wasn't I... it um Richard Dreyfus who says we're gonna need a bigger oh. boat? Oh. I was thinking of Martin Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't remember who says uh, it. Maybe I'm wrong. Who, who's oh god. New folk fact. New fucked. Uh who says we're gonna need <laughs> Google has everything. Who said? <laughs> I love when you just type a question into Google. And it, yeah, somebody else has also asked it, and you're like, oh, I'm not alone. Uh, Roy Schneider, who played Brody in the movie. That was a, a, oh, yeah, it was A different person again. Right. So then Quint is the one with glasses. Okay. Played by the Essendon footballer, Robert yep. Shaw. Um, she says, it's a crazy story that would make a good do-go-on episode. Ah, so Sydney Scheinberg turned down a script... A prequel to Jaws based on the story of the USS Indianapolis told during Jaws by Quint. Oh, that's that's USS sound interesting. Indianapolis. Huh. That is a good fact. Thank you, Jessica. English. I wonder why Scheinberg turned it down. His instincts were always so right. No. Yeah. He wanted to take a chimp out of it. Mm. He was always taking chimps out. Should yeah. be a giant chimp in there the should water. Should be a giant chimp. Stop doing my bit stuff. <laughs> Um, I think we brainstormed that bit together. We did too. <laughs> he was your director for that show, do you remember? No, that's new. That's a new bit. But anyway. we, knew, we tried to put it in that show. It just didn't quite fit. Okay, great. It's a funny bit, though. 
Let's see, talk about sizzle. Come see a <laughs> Melbourne International Comedy Festival. See if that bit survives. Um, and also, Jamie Griffiths. He's he's put two. He's he's doubled up here. So he's given himself. Do you want it? Do you want his question or his fact? Because I'm not sure. Question. Great. Um, which means. Sorry, he, Dave. What did you want? Question. <laughs> he um, has given himself the title. Of head of inhuman resources. Oh, oh, I like that. Very good for. Feels like that's very appropriate for Blockerween as well. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, it's a spooky thing. <laughs> so his question is: What podcasts do you guys listen to or recommend? I imagine both. How <laughs> to recommend one you don't listen to? But I love this, but you'll hate it, mate. What? It, um. Do you know where he's from? Oh, Jamie Griffiths. Just because one that I've been listening to is uh, will probably only be relevant or interesting to Australians. Okay. Well, that's okay. I think you can – he's asking for the for everyone. Um, uh, Double J has just done a podcast series about the big day out. Ah, uh, yes. And you it's recommended really that to good. me. i got to check that out. It's really great. Because that, that used to be my life. Was it, Are you a bit too young for big day out or yeah. did you catch the end of it? I, uh, I wanted to go to one. Um, and I said to my boyfriend at the time, I was like, we should go to Big Day Out. And he was like, nah, the lineup's not that great this year. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so we didn't go. In the meantime, I booked a girl's trip away with some friends and then later found out he was going to Big Day Out. And I was like, what oh. the fuck? And he said, I bought you tickets as a surprise. Oh. But then, oh, then, no. you, then oh, you were going on your holiday. So I just didn't say anything. You gotta. If you're gonna do a surprise present, you've got to give a Check decoy plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You gotta give a decoy. So he plan. went. And That's um, amateur hour stuff. And I didn't go. And that was the only one that I. What year? Who to. played that year? I reckon that must have been maybe 2019. No, That's wait, 20. Year. <laughs> 2009 is what I meant. Sorry. <laughs> 2019. Oh, 2009, dear. maybe. Um, it's actually 2019. So. <laughs> Yeah, right. Maybe. I reckon I probably went to I went to quite a I must no, have gone shit, to it was, eight it was, of them or something. It probably would have been one of the last ones. When did it end? Oh, that's a good question. Twenty ten. Feels like it was ages ago, but maybe. Twenty eleven? Uh and I yeah, because I was away with friends. It must have been later. We were at least twenty. Who knows? So it ran uh in Melbourne till twenty fourteen. Oh, it was only five years ago, I think. Okay. It might have been 12, uh, 12, 2012. Yep. I feel it like I was been. there that year. Yeah, damn. Anyway, that's a really good podcast. Dave, you listen to any podcasts? Uh, I absolutely love, have been loving getting back in, into the UK tr- uh, sketch trio Pappies. 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 Uh, and uh, when we were in the London last year, we went and saw... Uh, Tom, Tom Parry is one of the guys. He was the guy oh, yeah. that took his shirt off a lot. We saw him do yeah, a, yeah. a trial stand-up show, and I really, really <laughs> like his stuff. Uh, him, uh, uh, Matthew, and Ben are the th- yeah, three guys that do this uh, sketch show called Pappy's Flat Chair Slam Down, which is like a quiz show where Matthew plays the uh, landlord. 
<laughs> and pretends that he's living with the two guys, the other two guys, and they come along and they just play these ridiculous games. It's recorded live and it's just a fun show. But then they've started doing this new thing uh, called uh, Beef Brothers where people send in their beefs and they sort them out and uh, they have a guest on now. And it's, it's very, very funny. So it used to come out only sporadically in series, but now they're putting out a new episode every week. And That's I really, cool. really laugh at Pappies. They're funny dudes. Oh, I've, oh there's two I should listen to. Jamie is from uh, WA. Oh, in right. Australia, so he may well be interested in that. Um, I'd say my I've got a few favourites. I love all the Planet Broadcasting podcasts, mm. obviously. I imagine that you'd be aware of all of those. I was on a recent one of, of Josh Earl's podcast with three oh. of my favourite musicians. It was pretty wild. Sitting in this room. Yeah. Jess Ribeiro was sitting in this chair. Tim Rogers was sitting where you're sitting. Crazy. Josh Earl was sitting where Dave's sitting. What? I was sitting where no one's sitting. <laughs> Yeah, and that's Kevin a, Mitchell was sitting here. That's a bloody good pod. Uh, and it, so I mean, I, I I didn't mention this to him, but I saw Kevin Mitchell at a big day out, probably in like two thousand and seven oh, or wow. two, you know, ages ago. And the power cut out during their set, and they, you know, they were sort of just left up there, you know, scrambling, scrambling. And I reckon other bands are going, we'll walk off and come back when the power's back on, because they couldn't even talk into the mics. You know, it's a yeah. huge festival, yeah. so. But they st- instead, while they waited, they played uh, Leapfrog. That's <laughs> a band. They lined up and just played <laughs> Leapfrog across <laughs> each other, across the stage. They're like, these guys are fucking legends. That's great. Just so cool and calm and collected under mm. under pressure. Do you know what? For a podcaster, I don't actually listen to enough podcasts. I'll, I'm a big podcast fan. I'm on another one this week that I'd recommend. I've been listening to a lot of for people who like drinking. It's called That's the Drink Talking, mm. and it's with... David Quirk and Harley Breen. I love David Quirk. And it's recorded at the Espy, an iconic uh, Aussie rock pub. And yeah, there's like a lot of a lot of great comedians and me on it uh, over the last couple of months. And they also get in like brewers and um, the wine equivalent of brewers, and you know the yes. Also, I think distillers probably. It's yeah, that's in- interesting if you're into drinking culture and just. Couple of funny guys chatting. They are very funny guys. One, uh, one more that I also like, and I, I don't listen to every episode. I sort of drop in and out. Um, is Daniel Connell's podcast "Taking oh, It Easy"? Oh yeah, that's a great podcast. Taking it easy, and he just sort of has you've been a, has on it, haven't you? Yeah, I have a while ago. Last you year, it, you took it easy with him. Meso from Planet Broadcasting has been on it. Yeah, he just gets, a, and it's not just comedians. He talks to all sorts of different people. He's spoken to like vets and you know doctors and people just doing different things, and he just chats to them. But he's just such a lovely and. Um, he's such a good chat and he asks good questions. His ads at the start are so funny. So good. It's the same run. Anyway, I won't ruin that. Has your car <laughs> shit itself? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, I hope that's uh, helpful. Maybe something in there that you'd be interested in. Yeah. Also, there's a brand new podcast out this week called Listen Now. Yes. Which is on our podcast network, the Do Go On podcast network. Yeah, we're a network within a network. And it's recorded in this very studio. It's with me and my cousin, Sam Tonkin. And we're going through back catalogues of music. This first season, potentially the only one we ever do, but if we have fun, we'll keep doing it. It's about Australian band Cold Chisel. Uh, they're like a Oz pub rock legends. Mm. The first episode, we actually we talk about what pub rock is and we go through that and then talk about a bit of the origins of Cold Chisel. And then from then on, we go album by album. And it has been... Quite a bit of fun. Awesome. Yes. Love that. Anyhow, so that's Jamie Griffiths. 
Thank you so much. Uh, if you want to get in the fact, quote, or question segment of the show, you can support us at patreon.com slash pod and support us on the Sydney Scheinberg uh, deluxe level. Hey, I just remembered something as well. Um, I'm going to put in someone like a year ago, a listener, made us a fact, quote, or question jingle that I've never put in. His Instagram uh, handle is Shatter the Skies. So here is the jingle. I have a fact. Do you have a fact? No, I have a quote because I like them the most. But do you know what you just did as a host? You asked a question. Fact, quote, or question. Ah, pretty sick. <laughs> wow. Jess, you're out of a job. Ah, uh, fair enough. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so the other thing we like to do at this time in the Patreon segment of the show, which is fast becoming about as long as the rest of the show, <laughs> uh, we like to thank a few of our other great Patreons. And these um, are Patreons who've probably been supporting us for about a year now. Bloody legends, one and all. And Jess, you normally give us a little game based on the topic or something else. Maybe maybe today, not the Well, no, now. not the topic, but, I, I, but also the topic. Okay. They're not murdered. But I want to give them a colour and a flower. Oh, great. That's nice. You know, but it doesn't end with murder. I like that about it very much. All right. Well, how about I uh, I go first and, and you give us a colour. Please. And a fla- Maybe you give us a colour. Dave, you give us a flower. Great. Four. From MA. Is that Maryland? Dave, is that Maryland, America's oldest state? It could also be Massachusetts. Oh, (laughs) could also be Michigan for some reason. We need to ask um, Gary Gary Goldman, MA USA state. Sorry, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Boston, where uh, Elizabeth Short was born, Uh, and I'd love to thank from Massachusetts, uh, Merrimack, Massachusetts. It's Jesse Mark Russell. First colour you think of, Bob. Gay green. Did you say gay green or gangrene? <laughs> oh, gangrene. That's a nasty colour. I said green. Oh. I didn't say gay Oh, you green. said gah green. Yeah. You, you were shocked. <laughs> oh, ah. And then you're wearing green. <laughs> and I was looking at you. Oh. So I said green. Sorry to Dave's had a lot of time reveal too much of the process. Think of a flower now. Flag, flower, first flower. Daisy. Green, green daisy. daisy. Doesn't That's make not sense. bad. Doesn't make sense, but. Well, yeah, are there any well, green no, it's flowers? just not ripe yet. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I don't think there's any actual black dahlias either. Yeah. Although I oh, have no idea. Excuse your imagination, Dave. Fuck. <laughs> Jesse Mark Russell, thank you so much for your support. Thank you, thank Jesse. Thank you, Jesse Mark Russell. Great name. JMR. Love that. <laughs> I'd also love to thank from Bonnie Bridge in Great Britain, Claire Hazard. Claire Hazard, I guess. All right, Dave, first colour, go. Pink. Pink. Wow. Uh, rose. Pink rose. That's lovely. That's lovely. Like that. That's Pink a real rose. thing. Okay. Green daisy, very fun. Mm. Cartoony. Pink rose, elegant, beautiful. Mm. Yes. yes. Single stem. Oh, classy. Classy. Sounds like, sounds, like a, sounds like a perfume. Oh. Pink rose. Pink rose. May I also thank some you people? You buy it a chemist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On discount. From Boots. <laughs> Yeah, could you please thank someone? I would love to thank some people from Goolwa. Goolwa. Pardon me? In South Australia. <laughs> oh, I beg you. <laughs> Pardon you. Pardon you. Gesundheit. <laughs> 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 I would like to thank Heidi Otterwell. Oh, Heidi Otterwell. 
Uh, if I was going to say a colour, do you want me to say a colour? Colour, go. Maroon. It's because I'm wearing maroon. Because you both wear maroon. Yeah, we coordinate. We're cute. Yeah. Dave, first flower. Lotus. Maroon, maroon Lotus. lotus. Oh. It's kind of fun to say. Yeah, Maroon Lotus. Maroon Lotus. There's a lot going on there. It's a bit of a, it's a tongue a, twister. It's an adventure for the mouth. Maroon Lotus. Maroon Lotus. Thank you to Heidi, you beautiful Maroon Lotus. Heidi Otterwell, Claire Hazard, Jesse Mark Russell. Fantastic names today. So good. Well, cop this. Okay. In your face. Yeah. Ow. I would like to thank from Melbourne. Okay. Australia? Australia. Or Florida. Melbourne, Australia. Andy Schillinglaw. Oh, my gosh. Did you just cast a spell on my heart? <laughs> shilling Law. Oh, that was the Shilling Law Cottage. One of the first houses near where I grew up in Eltham. Oh, okay. Well, then name McKellar. Of... <laughs> it was grey. It was a grey house. Grey is boring. Oh, think of a flower mat. Chrysanthemum? Is that a thing? Oh, that's yep. nice. A grey chrysanthemum. I wouldn't that... know what that looks like, but yeah. I feel oh, like... I just thought of a cool flower for next time. Ooh. Oh, keep that in the holster. Ooh. I feel like chrysanthemums might be Mother's Day flowers. Right, okay. I think any flower is a Mother's Day flower. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day. Here's some grey flowers. I think most flowers I know are are, are associated with a day or something. Or Uh, when you fucked up, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Mum. One time I got flowers and Dad said, oh, he's in trouble, is he? I was like, no. Was he? No. Oh, what did he do? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, bloody groveling, is he? Yeah, no, I've done that. Yeah, no, he just—he's just been nice. Tell you what, you know, that's 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 what the media does to men. We're always the villain. You know what I mean? So now, men can't even do a nice thing. I'm what's the man feminist thing? I'm the man feminist of this podcast, <laughs> and I like to say it's about time men had a fair go. <laughs> Dave, thanks some people so I don't punch Matt in the throat. <laughs> All right. Well, I'd like to thank from Essex <laughs> in the UK, Jack Jefford. Ooh, oh, Jack Jefford. JJ. JJ. Jack Jefford. Jefford's good. Jess has got a flower ready to go. So let me do a colour. Yeah. Um, strawberry. <laughs> strawberry. And the flower is? <laughs> Agapanther. Oh. <laughs> Strawberry. <laughs> Even your face halfway through was like, abort, abort. I, I want to do abort. On st- I'm like, that's not a colour, it's a fruit. <laughs> but I was too far gone. If anything, it's closer to a flower than yeah. it is a colour. We've got a double flower here. <laughs> the strawberry. That's me trying to back out of it, saying a word. Matt, Strawberry. You can't reverse time. <laughs> I wish. But Thanks. now Jack Jefford has a strawberry agapantha. No, a strawberry. Sorry, beg your pardon. Strawberry agapantha. Agapantha. <laughs> he, he was famous for writing murder mysteries. Yes. <laughs> and finally, I would like to thank from New Glasgow in Nova Scotia, Canada. Oh, thank you so finally much. Finally, they upgraded. To, now, there's already a colour here, so Ooh. we could go for it. It's Fraser Green. Mm, Too obvious. Too obvious. We've already done a green. Blue! (laughs) Thank you. Out of the box. Uh, Hollyhock. Split green in half, you get blue. Hollyhock flower. Have you heard of the Hollyhock flower? I know Hollyhock from Bojack Horseman. I I know know Hollyhock from a Nick Cave lyric. Really? So it's a type of flower. And I only know that because when I was in uh, Los Angeles just last week, a few days ago, I I saw... uh, uh, you can go and see Frank Lloyd Wright, the famous American architect. There's one house in, in LA that you can visit, and it's called Hollyhock House because the lady who built it, who was an heiress, 
Her father was an oil tycoon. She loved hollyhock and she wanted everything to look like hollyhock flowers. Huh. There you go. So blue hollyhock, that is the nickname for Fraser Green. Blue what hollyhock. Does hollyhock look I like, like that. Yeah, what is a hollyhock? Let me Google hollyhock. I just know it from. Oh, oh it's it quite pretty. It's a cool flower. Yeah. It was okay. a cool house too. Yeah, they look real house. British. It, they, British. Are, they are. Um, it says here they're for, uh, native to uh, Asia and Europe. Okay. You just looked at a flower and said it looks British. There's just something about, you know, that looks like Peter Bunny Rabbit would be popping around yeah, there. Okay. You know, Peter right? Bunny Rabbit. <laughs> Peter Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Strawberry. Oh, no. Peter Bunny Rabbit. I feel like there's a few signs that we should be bringing this to a close. Yeah, let's get out of here. Uh, thank you so much to everyone that supports the show on Patreon. And uh, uh, one more time, if you want to uh, get that Christmas card, make sure you get on it ASAP. So we've got your name and address, and we can send you that in the mail. And thank you so much to our beautiful bouquet of flowers, Fraser, Jack, Andy, <laughs> Heidi, Claire, and Jesse. Oh, our little flowers. Mm-hmm. Precious little flowers. Um, if you want to get in touch, you can email us at dogoonpod at gmail.com. We're dogoonpod on all of our socials or everything's on dogoonpod.com. Oh, yeah. Hell yes. And uh, sadly, that brings us to the end of Block Topher Grace mm, Month. Mm. I'm looking forward to Bloxing Day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to do for Boxing Day? <laughs> I'll go to the Boxing Day sales. Oh, oh wow! And uh, but yeah, thanks to everyone that voted on topics, suggested any of those awesome topics. Uh, it's been, I reckon, our best block yet. I reckon so too. Here's to a, an even better block next year. Oh, block twenty twenty. That's cool. Yeah, I that's love the sick. festive time of year because we're from here on. It's all festive. We're moving yeah. into the other famous festive period of the year, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, I think, sometime coming up. Yeah, and huge here in Australia. Yeah, a president pardons a turkey. That's the best bit. Yeah. I love the fact that the American president does a bit of pantomime. It's so weird. <laughs> Is that still a thing? Probably. I don't yeah, know. Obama definitely used to do it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that... So Trump's going to do it. That is going to be interesting. Anyway, let's go. we got to go. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week with another episode. And remember, come to Perth this weekend. Thank you. Goodbye. Later. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Uno, a memento. Me editing. Sorry. In her 2010 book, The Black Dahlia, Shattered Dreams, Brenna Hoogan, Short's Short's father, uh, said Short's father, Cleo, worked built... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Try again. This is a really poorly written paragraph, sorry. Let me try again Uh and um, try and fill in the blank words as I go. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.